Hello, hello, and welcome to the Inglorious Pastors Podcast, where we talk about spirituality, news, and our new sponsor, GameStop. Get your short squeeze on and pick up your copy of Sonic the Hedgelord. My name is Michael Basinger. We bought some stonks this week. Brad Polly. Hey. Matt Polly. Hey. Together we are the Inglorious Pastors. You didn't hear my game title, Sonic the Hedgelord. I feel like you did that just just for the hashtag. Yeah, uh, well, no, I did it because I thought it was funny. It is pretty um, good. Yeah, so here we are. We're going to do a podcast. This is the time it's to do the thing. The I feel like we've been doing this podcast for about four hours now. Do you feel like that to anybody else? I, I don't like know, like but it's... 87 years old. At some point tomorrow, I'm going to say Sonic the Hedge Lord in my head, and yeah. I'm going to laugh my ass off. Yeah. We're going to need some fluids. I see uh, the big fish, Brian O'Dean. Pastor Big Fish. fish. Reverend Big Fish. You can get him on vinyl now, I saw. Yeah. 25 bucks. Get your nuts. Brian O'Dean's songs. Or get your vinyl. One of the two. Get your Brian's Um, nuts and vinyl. Uh, what are you, what are we what are we doing? Oh my God! What have I not drank? I think man? we talked about Christ. this earlier already. We yeah. did. All right. Well, so I'm just going to mention what I'm drinking. Besides that, I'm having the Wadi Boone uh, whiskey, which is just really really good. It's from Preservation. I'm drinking water. <laughs> I'm having uh, Woodenville, their bourbon whiskey. Ooh, I just bought their. Oh, I meant to bring it down. Yeah, you're supposed. Yeah, I'll well, come down tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, <well>. It's only <laughs> there. It's only a quarter mile. Yep. I have a I have a late entry to uh, what to a song. Just I mean, no, no, <laughs> no. Do it next week, do it. Michael. Do it next week. Michael, You'll be it. fine. Do it do next it week. Tonight. Michael, do it. Michael, Brad. What? what are you doing? You know what happens when you encourage him? Yes, know. I'm in just the right space. Though. God damn it. So small, but I can't see them when he's that's, naked. That's I just wanted to hear. It. It's been so long since we've heard it. Has it? Yeah. <laughs> Matt's balls so small. It's not a slugger. It's a Q-tip. Fuck you, Dan. <laughs> oh, beautiful. God, myself, man. I'm like, you, I drink too much whiskey. That's the bottom line of it. Oh, great. So I drink we have too drunk much. Michael. Fantastic. Yeah, it's all gone. You guys got to you gotta finish the bottle. You did. Thanks, guys. You had to finish the bottle. Well, like you- I finished it. It's good. We're, we did it. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, like our campaign slogan. What the fuck is going on? Hey, guys. Surprised to know one, the Democrats are spineless and are caving into the Republicans Shocking. again already. Are they? Yeah, they're going to cave on the stimulus. No, shit. they're not. We're going to get dick. No, they're not. No, they're Biden's not caving so dumb. On Biden is so goddamn stupid to invite them to the White House. Get Some them the fuck out like of there. But I, I literally read that like that's not happening. Like he's like, yeah. there was no agreement. Like nothing's going to happen. Yeah, we'll Fake news. Push. You need to read Snopes. They're, push- <laughs> they're pushing through the fourteen hundred. Mattis Snopes. Yeah, but fun fact, they campaigned on two thousand. So well, that was already with, they that was already, with the six hundred. Oh, I still don't. Whatever. Have, by anyway. The way. Even Manchin fucking caved, and he's a piece of shit. So he's a fucking Republican in West Virginia. That yeah. Well, Did you say Marilyn Manchin? Yeah. <laughs> Marilyn Manchin. Yeah. Senator, well, let's what a not, piece of shit. Let's not mention. mention yeah. What the fuck's going on with Marilyn Manson? No. It turns what out. A, it turns out he was a total creep. Who knew? Mm. <sighs> yeah. I'll never listen to beautiful people again. <laughs> I didn't well, it's all it's all relative to the size of your steeple, Michael. 
Oh, man. What's going on? Can we get out of this segment? I don't even... Trump's gone. I don't even give a fuck anymore. Just I just... I, yeah, I don't know. It's just so funny. Like, the Democrats are just... There's, it's, you'd think the last four years would have fucking taught them the rules no, are they're, gone. No, they're getting ready to push through that 14. Yeah, it's going to get I'll, pushed through. Yeah, I'll believe so, it when I see it. I will, so. too. It'll, be, right. it'll get pushed through. Don't worry about All it. Right, Michael, push it. Push it on through. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm gonna push it. Oh, yeah, you're listening look to Look on the Bright Side of Mr. Bright Side himself, Matthew S. Polly. Hi, everybody. Hey. Well, I wasn't feeling it today. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a rough couple of days, boys. Dude's car got a little dinged. Dude's car got really dinged up, yeah. I worked 13 and a half yesterday. All right. <sighs> Boy. It's been, it's been a rough couple of days. I, I really love having to follow. Uh, <laughs> I should have put this in what the... People that don't do their fucking jobs. Yeah, it sucks. And then I have to clean it up. I, I did. I did benefit it from yeah. today. I drove all the way up to to uh, yeah. know, South Bend for somebody for somebody who, who just, didn't hit a button. Yeah, literally. <laughs> it was wow. great. Wow. Yeah. So I got, got good hours, anyway. miles out of it. So uh, my my bright side is uh, my mom called me yesterday. Yesterday, Hi, I think. And she was like, I was on the middle of a job, so I didn't answer. And so I knew, like, I totally forgot. I was like, I'll call her when I'm done. Well, it was another, like, two hours before yeah. I got done with that call. So but I just completely forgot. So I'm driving home last night, and she calls again. And I'm like, God, why does she keep calling me? I'm like, hope so. everything's okay. I guess I forgot to call her back. And she just goes, I just want you to know that uh, we signed up to get, your dad and I signed up yeah, to get the vaccine today. So they get their first, but because Indiana is just goddamn idiotic and could not have be rolling this out any worse than they are. I'm not sure it's their fault. There's no fucking no. vaccines. Like, no, it's not. It is their fault because I know for a fact our uncle who lives in Ohio is getting vaccinated because he's a teacher. Oh. That's not on the on the agenda in Indiana yeah. unless you're fucking 65. Well, Jesus, even Ohio is a fucking shit stain of a state with a, with a yeah, Republican yeah. I know. government. Anyway, like, anyway, we're idiots. But like... They can't get it till March, but they're on. They're signed up, like they're in. Fantastic. She, and so, like, it just was another one of those in, instances where I'm just super glad that our parents, for all of their various faults, are not complete idiots. Yeah, like still in. Well, until it comes to creation, still believes in science. Um, but uh, yeah. so they'll at least, you know, like with yeah. this, they're they're taking it seriously, yeah. and they know they're and they have been. They know it's not going to put a microchip in them. You know what I'm saying? They, like, they, they came to my son. I mean, Elijah yeah. turned 18 this week. Like they came and they had masks on. And mom was super super excited when I talked to her because she goes, she says, uh, I know we we can finally come up because I said, well, it'd be nice to give you guys a hug again. It's been, yeah, you know, right. It's been a while. Year. Yeah. And she said. I know. She said, we were up there the other day. It was just all so depressing because it was like we were there for five minutes. And it was like, well, we just got to go. Yeah. And yeah. so she's like, it'll be so nice to be able to say. She, she was just really excited about yep. it. It was nice. So it was just, it was well, just and cool. Well, so. and, and to, to, to toot, toot, toot mom's horn, she texted me yesterday at like. I like doing that. Michael, <laughs> God fucking damn it. Fuck you, man. Ah! Set that one right up. <laughs> Bazooka. I'm done. No, no. What did she say? Nah. What did she text you? Nope. She just at, like yesterday, like. <laughs> oh, fuck. oh my god! Fuck up! Fuck up! Fuck up. Fuck up. Fuck up. Fuck up. Fuck up. 
so fucking hard right now. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> we're going to do this? <laughs> Go ahead. What were you going to say? <laughs> I would like to dedicate this first lick to your mother. Fucker. <laughs> she... And, and this is just mom. Like, we always we give mom a lot of shit because, but because of undealt with drama that where there's that, but mom has never stopped being mom. Like she right. didn't, she doesn't she didn't shut that off. Like when we moved out of the house, right. like, and we fault her for that a lot. But she texted me, like fucking six fifteen at work or something. Why the fuck mom was even up at six fifteen? I don't even know. Just praying for you, but buddy. she. But she's like, hey, just want to make sure you yeah, made it to work. She told me. Because, she, well, she I mean, called me the other morning. Well, I mean, the highways were fine, but our side roads were yeah. sheets of ice. Yeah. Like, the highways are fine. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I made it fine. And that was it. I, yeah. It's just, like, for all of mom's faults and all, and it's mostly mom's faults. Dad's fine. Um, it's mostly mom, like, that just drives us nuts. But, like, she's, she's just a mom. Yeah. She doesn't stop being a mom even because her sons are 44 and, I and never, 40. I, I like, never stop being a teenager and responding to her. Exactly. Yeah, right. right. Brad and I have never grown up. <laughs> she, she, like, <laughs> but I, I mean, it's just nice. Like, we, we, I know we have so many listeners that have just shitty, non-existent relationships with their parents. I I hate that. I hate that for you because we, we Brad and I have talked about this. We are so fortunate that we don't have that. Yeah. We don't have that to deal with. Um, and, I, again, I... I don't, I'm not. I, I'm trying not to brag, but I just we're very fortunate we don't have that. Yeah, we have a mom that generally, to the point of even fault, like even a fault, cares about us. She t- she texted me yesterday morning, say, probably about right after she called. Probably. Yeah. yeah, I was she already on the road. <laughs> God damn you! Man. He just he winked. Fuck you! I just. <laughs> I, Michael this Wink. is one of those moments where I simultaneously, simultaneously love you and hate you at the, the same the moment. The Michael Wink, one oh, of my, my all-time God. favorite things, it is the most patronizing it is. and condescending wink. It's it the is. worst. The fucking worst. Um, so she texted me like, hey, I don't know where you're headed today, but it doesn't look like it's going to be good regardless. That's a classic mom. Uh, classic mom, yeah. Oh, uh, you guys know it was fog? Yes, I, knew I she, had the weather I knew, channel. I knew what she meant because, yeah. like I said, our roads here were crap yesterday morning. But anyway, so I texted her back and said, no, I prefer to live on the edge. <laughs> so, like, I'm, I'm never going to, like, I know. not just respond to some snark-ass comment. Well, I was in a fucking uh, mood when she texted. I was like, yes, I made it. <laughs> that was it. So. Unfortunately, I, yeah, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't make it to work. Unfortunately, I didn't wrap, I'm not letting wrap it, myself uh, around it. I'm not laying in a ditch, damn it. Uh, good things. Oh, um, so you gave you a good thing, huh? What? No, that wasn't the thing. That was just riffing off of your thing. Oh, okay. Well. Um, this so, is jazz. This is this podcast. So I don't like. I don't. Are we blue like jazz? We are purple like jazz. <laughs> when are we? When are we going to sell out and be? When are we going to be corporate sellouts like Donald when we become the liturgists? Um. <laughs> oh shit. Uh. So, <laughs> I I love good smelling soaps. <laughs> all right, it's like a fucking. Th- this is bright side. Okay, like, all right, it's a fucking thing. That's good soap. <laughs> well, it's fine. So you know, what? Beth got me like Beth for Christmas got me a bar of Nag Champa soap. Oh, I love Nag. I Champa. fucking. <laughs> I smell like an ashram in India. <laughs> I don't oh. even, or like a fucking <laughs> backup noise, or like though. a fucking yoga studio before the sweat kicks in like to say maybe a caramel yoga studio okay probably that <laughs> but like i fucking most people use gold bondite anyway 
I, I, I broke that. I love soaps. I fucking love soap, deodorant, like new smelling stuff like that. I fucking love it. I Whatever. It's a thing. She got me. I broke that bar out the other day. Like right now, you can smell me. I smell fucking delicious. Yeah, I'm not going to do like, that. Well, you can if you want. Come on. <laughs> so I appreciate Take a sniff. the Come offer. On, right but... here. No. Um, and then I bought, I've got on order a uh, some, some beard balm that smells like Nog Chomp as well. Oh. So I can I can match my scent. I like a nice uh, beard balm. Man, I do too. I've got a like, bourbon tray, bur- uh, Buffalo Trace. Uh, Duke Cannon? Yeah. Oh, I like the beard oil? Yeah. You have the beard oil? Yeah, I, I have that. And I actually had the wax. It's gone. Anyway. I didn't have the wax, but I do have that. Anyway. I, I that's just one of the highlights is to open a new bar of soap that is different than what I was just using. <laughs> you can laugh at me. Or no, you know, I know. Exactly. I don't give a shit. I'm only I laughing. Fucking, that in deodorant, like opening a new deodorant, opening a new soap. I I'm only, I'm only laughing. Beard oil. I'm only I laughing because it, it's, I'm, I'm exactly the I same fucking way. love it. it. It's just a highlight. <laughs> like I showered tonight. It was a joy to shower. <laughs> Michael's face. I know. He's, I don't. I don't care. I don't fucking care. So man. fucking gone. Right I know now. he is. And I don't care because I love it. It. I smell fucking delightful right now, and you can sniff me if you want to, buddy. No, I'm good. All right, what do you got, buddy? What, what's your bright side? Um, sniffing me. No. Killing that bottle. Debbie, on, on the other hand. <laughs> well, um. What? So what the, man, I've got a couple. No. I've, God, I can't delete it. It's live. Fuck you. We're doing it live. We're fucking, we're doing it live. Fuck all right. Fuck you. So, a couple things. A couple, three things. We got three things. Item line number one. <laughs> um, Star Wars The High Republic. Really good. I'm oh, is on, that their new I'm weed on, bag? Yeah, it's so, so choice, man. I'm on. So choice. I'm on what are you, Ferris Bueller? Fourth, fourth book. It's good. All right. Uh, I had more to say about it. When did they make a movie out of that? And then we had uh, Lebowski Fest. Dude, that was fun. fun. Yeah, it was very fun. fun. So we went to, we only have one viewer now. I got to, whatever. Fine. Who gives a shit? (laughs) Well, I was, I'm going to, I'm going to unveil something soon. Um, You are? (laughs) Yeah. Big news coming up. Um, okay. Yeah. So we went and saw Lebowski Fest. We rented out a theater and watched it with. It was like eleven of us. Yeah. Man, yeah. It was great, man. Good time. Spread out in the theater. Just really, really great. Yeah. It really was great. <laughs> we went to dinner for like went to uh, Switch Switchyard Brewery yeah. and had pizza and beer and yeah, it's good. Okay, so um, yeah, that, that was all. That was all fun. But here is my third. It's a it's a late entry. Um, let me find it here. Uh, this is this was just sent to me, just now while we were recording this part okay. of the podcast. It's a new single by Lucas Allen. Oh shit! <laughs> so the world debut. I have a feeling you know what this is. It's, it's just entitled "Half Buck." Yep. So oh, God. here we go. He told us about. Yeah. <laughs> was it Bela Flex? So good. A regular Monday evening, me and the family go for a walk. <laughs> Pass by my brother's house, stop for a minute to talk. <laughs> Take some bourbon, two drinks become three. Next thing I know, my family's gone. Hey, where'd you go? Cut to the scene where I'm trying to leave by stumbling across the lawn. And I'm halfway to Buckskin. <laughs> Don't know if I can make it home <laughs> Making friends with the grass Cause I'll follow my ass Every ten feet or so I only had a 
couple few drinks Why can't I remember my name? <laughs> and why am I laying on the sidewalk singing this song? Halfway to Buckskin Lane I love it. Oh my Dude, god That is amazing Absolutely amazing. Oh my god Yeah, so that's the debut of uh, Half Buck. Oh, I dude, I love our friends so much, man. Oh, like so that good. is that is the fucking best. I mean, if you can't have if you can't have super talented friends that are there to just bust your balls, I did, man. Like, you're just yeah. not living life. Lucas might be the king of busting <laughs> balls, man. Like he really might because he's uh, musically talented, so he can sort of throw that in the mix. <laughs> oh my god. They were This is my favorite segment by a mile. They put the They put the dick in This is called Broken Ship. Polly's Poetry Corner. Ask her out is what they say. I don't know if I feel that way. She is nice and has the smile. But I know it's been a while since I've felt this way. And I'm still looking for that girl, and she is somewhere in the world. She's waiting out there with blue eyes, pretty hair. She in China. And she loves me so. She in China. No, this, I didn't, this, is way above, this is way before that. And the color <laughs> of the eyes changed depending on what girl I was into. I just wish I had her now. do a remix. <laughs> I will find her somehow. And I just want to hold her hand, and someday I will understand God is in control. <laughs> now, is this girl the one for me? I don't think I'll ever see. If I don't take that step, I might be the broken ship sinking in the sea. <laughs> play it. <laughs> Fucking play it. <laughs> Where'd it go? There it is. Oh, oh wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I, I turned it down all the way on accident. Hold on, I gotta, I gotta stop the other music. <laughs> Fuck. There we go. Oh, let me, Boy, let me, what? Let me, let, me, let, me, let me rewind it. All right, here we go. You playing on the ukulele? What's a twelve-string guitar? <laughs> This is my favorite goddamn segment we've ever done, man. I love the fact. 
I like the parts where you hit the accelerator. I don't think I say no one has heard this literally no one like this is the first time sarah is is, has heard these songs she's never oh god they are making my week i swear to god man i will re-listen to this on thursday when i'm driving and that i will laugh my ass off at that song yeah oh all right well that's good stuff buddy all right let's do let's do uh gary abuse (laughs) somehow the (laughs) Not the most insane segment we have <laughs> Meditating with Gary Busey. When you're having a good meal, your food loves you. Unless it's spicy, in which case it does not. That was uh, Meditating with Gary Busey. Yeah. All right, oh yeah, we're gonna do the music segment. So here we, here we, here we go. Oh yeah. <laughs> if you like Icelandic falsetto, oh, you're playing this version. Fantastic. God damn it! Just play the other version. What? If you like to crank Marvin Gayo when you've banged the. Patrick, I hate you so fucking much, man. We got a show for God. you. Music time, music time. Remember, I said we loved our time, listeners. <laughs> I take that back. Music time, music time, music time, music time. Music time. Here we go. Wait, don't we have music? Uh, well, we'll play it in the other yeah. part. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I've got a Bam. A uh, Bam. A Bam. A Bammed? Bam Margera? <laughs> Boy. He, time Viva not, Bam? Time has not been good not to Bam. No, it has sort of morphing into Uncle Vito. Yeah. Oh, God. Uncle um, Vito, what a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> He's dead. Good Uncle Vito <laughs> is dead to me. He yeah. is. Um, the, band, the band is Pompoco. Uh... I'm sure, this will be quality. Pom, I sent pom, it to you. Pom, pom, to it? Go. You did? I sent it to you, yes. Yeah, I don't think so. No, I absolutely did. Well, then I already deleted it because I didn't like it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I sent it to you. I said, it's a Swedish post-punk math rock band that maintains their pop sensibilities. Oh, did I actually? I don't know if I actually you downloaded that. Idiot. Well, here we go. Uh, the band is Pompoco. The sure album didn't. is Cheater. The song is Like a Lady. Like a Lady. <laughs> Reminds me of something. Know, I can't it's a my fun fucking album. Goes West. Five, yeah, it's Five Goes West. That's what it is. No, it's not. Who's that? Pomp, pomp, pompadour? P O M. I prefer Pomplamus. Pompoco. 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 Pompoco.
Pokeprom? <laughs> yeah, I like it. It's Oh, it kind of reminds me of the Breeders a little bit. A little, yes, yeah, a little bit of Breeders, yeah. Yeah, get it. I don't know, man, it's just a fun, it's a fun fucking album. Like, I, I've listened to it two or three different times. It's just fun. Yeah. Fun, 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 turn okay. daddy takes the t-shirt away. <laughs> I'm out of fucks. Let's go. What do you yeah, got? Yeah, let's do it. God. We're all out of fucks. Let's just do I'm all shit. out of fucks. Uh, I'm so uh, lost without you. We need to record. I'm all out of fucks. I'm so lost without you. Arlo Parks. Hmm. Uh, the album is called Collapsed in Sunbeams. Arlo Parks. The song that sounds is, like the song that, is called Hurt. That's like okay. somebody put like uh, like a emo album generator. That's well, what it's actually just a person's name. No, I'm talking about the the, <laughs> no, the album title. Oh, Collapsed in Sunbeams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, like refrigerator magnets. It's album. like the B side from Dashboard Confessions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <clears throat> All right. Don't wait. Download this immediately. Like Charlie drank it. Yep. Till his eyes burned and forgot to eat his lunch. Pain was building to his body. Heart so soft it hurt to be. Oh, wouldn't it be lovely to feel something? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, well, downloading that. This one, I have a feeling, is going to end up on the my top ten list at the end of the year. So just nice. Based on, I've only boy, listened to shit, about half of it. Boy, when shit comes in in, the, in January and you're, or February and you're like, oh, well, this is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Get it. Michael? Um, yeah. So, uh, do you guys know who Yellen is? That, that uh, the um, politician, Yellen? Oh, Janet Yellen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a song about her that I learned today, and it was great. Oh, who's yelling now? Who's yelling? Who's yelling now? Doves on the left, hawks on the right, crosstalk in the flock, trying to fight mid-flight. But here comes yelling with that inside voice. Never mind the mild manner, policies make noise. She's five foot nothing, but hand to God. She could pop a collar, she could rock a power bob. Bay Ridge represent, Brooklyn's in the cabinet. Damn, Janet, go and get it, fifteen like a president. She knows the kind of stimulus it takes to pass the I heard block. she called the house in Christ. She's qualified. It only took a couple centuries, the first female <laughs> secretary of the trade. Where the f- Fuck! Do you find this shit? <laughs> Honestly, where? My I got a, I got a, I got a better one. This one. Uh, have you guys had, ever had uh, boba tea before? I hate it. Yes. You hate it's it? Fucking I don't disgusting. even know what that is. Uh, this is. Okay, it's like something really, really okay in tea and put fucking eyeballs in it. No, yeah, everybody wants t- that. Tapioca, Flavored eyeballs. Tapioca pearls. It's fucking Ugh. gross. So, oh, it's gross. It's what was that shitty? What was that shit? Orbs or whatever? What was? Yeah, that? this is this is bigger bigger orbs than orbs. Yeah, because that's what people want. Is this is Roy Orbison. To drink balls. <laughs> All right. Drink balls. So that's what small. people want is to drink balls. Yeah. yeah. They're tasty. I love it. I love boba tea. Balls are delicious. This is a song about it. If I don't have boba tea every single day by three, then I, I feel like <laughs> I might do something bad. What's a 
boba tea It's a bubble tea that if you hit it hard enough All you hear is the Trolls soundtrack all at once Chris hasn't been outlawed by many governments Because it can't be digested by the human body I'm sorry I can't seem to hear you Chris, if you have I, boba every day, where do I you continue baffled by the shit you come up with. Like, Michael, <laughs> it's been it's been almost you five years. In the morning, I talk like the owner of a wolf sanctuary, but after boba, I talk what the like fuck the is this? owner of a boutique children's clothing store. My friend Matt said, "Isn't boba more of a treat than an everyday thing?" And now Matt's. Michael. No longer Michael. In my phone. This is my boba manifesto. I'm gonna have bubble tea every day until I'm 17. Michael. What the hell is this? Then I'll delete you from my contact. I have a number of questions. Shut it off. Shut the fuck off. I have a number of questions. One, who writes a fucking song like that? I don't know. And two, oh. where the hell did you find my, it? My favorite part is where he said, somebody questioned my love for for Boba. <laughs> no longer. Saved as a contact on my phone. Where did you His find it? Oh, man. <sighs> who knows where like, I find things? Michael, the you only know. know. You're literally, that's why God. I'm asking. You're literally the only one that knows where you find yeah, your that, shit. Uh, that, that really, I mean, it's really hit me where I'm at right now, actually. <laughs> kind of love I that. I bet it did. Kind of oh. love that. All right. Well, fucking Jim Brewer. Oh, this is the end of, uh, this is the end of the music. God, <laughs> thank God. And we're back. That was music time. Yeah. Um, let's go. Should we go into, do we, or, am I forgetting anything? No. Before we go into the news feed? No. I don't think so. All right. Well, let's do that thing. Dirty filthy bass by Andy Moore. Uh, from squeakly.com. Oh, that's a reliable Definitely a reliable source. Where to get dog toys? Did you say squeakly? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, this is definitely not a real Whatever. story. Check this woman. Dog toy. All your dog I don't think toy it updates. Czech woman performs oral sex to stop robbery of Slovak oh, gas station. No. Gas station. Oh. This was everywhere. Yeah. Yes. Twenty-four-year-old, twenty-four-year-old <sighs> Serbian robbed a gas station in Bratislava. It's beautiful this time of year. A thirty-six-year-old Czech woman offered him a blowjob to distract him until the police arrived, and he accepted. Well, I mean, sometimes even when the, in Slovakia, <laughs> sometimes even the toughest criminals get distracted by the very essence of sexual tension. Such a such as a Serbian man who recently robbed a gas station. You think he already all, had a half chub when he walked <laughs> to in? To lose all his swag to a Czech lady that stopped him from escaping the crime scene by an unusual measure. <laughs> she offered him a blowjob that got him stuck in the place. He had a theft boner when he went in. Yeah. The fear boner. Uh, they got him stuck in the place since the police arrived. The incident occurred in Bratislava, Slovakia at around 4 a.m. on Wednesday morning. Is that a gun morning. in your pants or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> Actually, it's both. Yeah. Uh, according to the political police station, the allegedly aggressive man entered. He was less aggressive. Allegedly aggressive. Entered the premises of a gas station and started threatening the clerk that he would beat him unless he gives him all the money. He hasn't. He gives us all the yeah, money. Right. You gives us all the <laughs> money. You have. Uh, 
he didn't get too far as a 36-year-old woman of Czech nationality stopped him by offering oral pleasure. A few moments later, the police found the two individuals in an incriminating position on the gas station <laughs> toilet. On the toilet. I literally dropped him on the toilet and was like, I'll blow uh, you here. old blumpkin. And this was at a gas station? Yeah. I spent a lot of time in gas station bathrooms. Not, not a place to get a blowy. No. Give or receive. Yeah. <laughs> The, the woman allegedly you're definitely told, giving more than you think you are, and you're definitely receiving more than you think you the are. The woman allegedly told the police, <laughs> he's yours now. I cannot manage anymore. I, I mean, what? 24-year-old Serbian got arrested, lost all the money he had stolen, and is facing a trial for robbery. Boy, yeah, that's... Yeah, we got to blow a load of gum before he. Went. I don't. I don't no, think he. I don't he think he finished. Finish. He I think she gave him even. To he got arrested with blue balls, man. Yeah. Like, uh, that's, dude. That's fucking. This is yeah. creative resistance, ladies. This is what this looks like. I, I, mean, I What else do you? What else do you that's call it? Like gas like, station the theft. <laughs> gas station theft for edge lords. <laughs> well, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hey, uh, do I gotta do I gotta go to the bathroom? Um, <laughs> finish things. Anyway, off. yeah. So that's it. That's what I've got. Oh man, it's what I've got. Brad, uh, Oregon man, origin, origin. Nope. No, no, nope. Oregon. No, no. Nope. Uh, police say Oregon man who stole a car with a child in the back seat yep. came back and lectured the mom about parenting. Yep, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> so when I first saw the headline, I was like. <clears throat> Okay, th- and this is like, fuck this guy. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, he's got some valid points. Yeah. Uh, the police in Oregon are looking for, they're looking for a man. How do you not catch the guy? Yeah. Like, he literally recurred, returned to the scene of the, jeez. Right, I've got hiccups. God damn it. Who say they stole a car with a child in the back seat only to return the four-year-old and reprimand the mom about her parenting. The theft took place outside a grocery store in Beaverton, Oregon, which is a real place, on Saturday when the mom left the car running with the child in the back seat. She, she went in, left the child in the back seat real, real damp with her car running. Don't do that. The mother left the car unlocked. It left the car, jeez, and went inside to buy a gallon of milk and some meat, according to the Oregonian. The thief happened to walk by and hopped in the car. He soon realized the four-year-old was in the back seat, pulled back into the parking lot, returning the child to the mother. And then he said, uh, w- but not without scolding her, he actually lectured the mother for leaving the child in the car and threatened to call the police on her. Wow. Well, I mean, at that point, did he technically commit a crime? Like, No, he definitely committed auto theft still. But he brought it back. Like, is yeah. No, he didn't bring just, the car back. I think he brought car. the child back. And then took the car? And then took the car. Nice. Well, he talked to the mom. She just let him go? Well, what's she going to do when he's behind the wheel of a, of a one-ton vehicle? And like, how how did this story get out? Does she admit that she left her kid in there? Well, there's no admitting to it. Like, he walked by, took the damn car, well, and was I, unlocked I mean, with the, via, with the motor running. But how do we know that, like, so she must have freely admitted that she's a terrible parent and said, I left my kid in the car. He, he Did she call the cops and was and like, hey, back. yeah, it doesn't dude say. brought my car back with my kid in it and then yeah. took my car and left my kid. Dude, where's my car? Yeah, it doesn't say. Dude, yeah. where's my kid? Yeah, no kidding. Ugh. Huh. <clears throat> yeah. So there you go, Michael. Product update. Dear God. Disney World debuts a donut grilled cheese. Oh, and I'm going there this year. Yeah. Well, 
Oh, Get no. the donut grill. Donut no, 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 no. Yeah, dude, this would be amazing. No, no, I bet it would. No, be. you fucking Phenomenal. eat donut. Phenomenal. You just eat donuts. Donuts are no, donuts. because you're going to get some of the salty cheese. You're going to get that texture with the sweet. Dude, that'd be that'd be perfect. It'd be perfect. It's a fucking sweet grilled cheese. What's wrong with donuts? That? Don't eat fucking donuts. anything. No, I agree. Uh, they don't eat it. But I'm just saying, like, this would be no. delicious. No, okay. nope. I'm going to eat this when nope. I go to Disney. I'll, I'll do it back. Yeah, let us know. Send, send me a, we'll a find your alternate what kind of cheese we'll find your all we'll find your alternate when you have a fucking say what, massive coronary <laughs> say what kind of cheese uh it looks i'm just like generic american but i'm okay. not sure it doesn't probably really. only for what do you want pepper 1395 yeah <laughs> <laughs> they have craft get a box of fucking <laughs> dunkin donuts man Eat we, that, eat a bite of cheese. Are you offering same fucking to make thing. these for us? No, I'm saying just get a box of that. I want to know how you make these without the icing coming off of them. Melting um, off I of mean, them. here's a picture of it. Here's one of the Everglades. Oh, my God. It looks delicious. Yeah, it really does. So, <laughs> Yep, that's happening. Oodles upon oodles of gooey cheese <laughs> are griddled in a sweet Well, now bun. I don't want it. That's for the glaze. You're the only person I know that can take something delicious and make it fucking disgusting by the way you talk about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, it just... Come on down to Everglaze Donuts <laughs> no, and like I just I can't imagine even eating that now. <laughs> is, that, is that where it is? Cheese. Yeah, Everglaze Donuts. Where is it? Say, could, is it in downtown Disney? It's um or whatever they call in it in the now? Disney Springs, the Disney yeah Disney Springs. shopping yeah, okay. dining district uh, just outside the Orlando. Well, we're resort. staying right near there. Yeah. Make me naked. All right. Miller Lite is going to give you free beer if you type out a three hundred or I'm sorry, eight hundred and thirty-six character URL. What? Miller Lite will give you free it's beer. Fucking Miller Lite. If Who you gives a shit, you're not really getting beer. Well, okay. So, so they're actually just giving you money. They're giving you. Uh, I think it's like eight dollars. Yeah, eight dollars on Super Bowl Sunday to the first five thousand people. Eight dollars. <laughs> the first. Five. I can buy a pack, a four pack of tax man for that. Like I like, know. <laughs> but that was before taxes. You could. So you gotta you gotta be able to type out the entire URL, and the first five thousand people who do it can get a what? six pack. That's part of their Super Bowl commercial. A six pack of what? Bush Light. Miller Light. They will Venmo it to you. Eight bucks. <laughs> Okay. It's true. So there's some motherfucker that sat in that goddamn building at Miller headquarters. I have an and idea. Was like, I had an idea like that I had an once. idea like that once. <laughs> this is a pet rock of beer ideas. Okay. All right. Let's let's move on. Um, Michael, have you, have you guys heard about this guy Jason Collier? Michael, it's nine twenty, man. <laughs> no, this no. is my news story. <laughs> no, I have. It's your third news story. No, it was product updates before this. Those still count. No, it doesn't count. <laughs> God damn it's it. Different. It's a different. It's a segment within a segment. <laughs> It's like a Russian nesting doll of segments. You're a fucking rusty. rusty yeah, really? Yeah. Whatever. What if I, what if I, I'm drunk. Shut yeah. up. No kidding. Um, so I got to go to Tyson's and drink more over there. So Okay. Uh, just Jason Collier um, is a man that's being talked about everywhere. Well, I hope He's part of not. the uh, Stinnett Police Department. Now, sit down and buckle up. Here's, here's a wild ride. Oh, no. <laughs> Um, Wait, Jason, where is Stinnett? Uh, Texas. Okay. Yeah. That, um, so we need context here. <laughs> Jason Collier is a married Texas police chief and minister uh, who so was busted by his two girlfriends on Facebook after they figure out that they're dating the same man. 
So, um, there's pictures and, and shit, but the gist of it is this Jason Collier, uh, he got found out that he was dating two women at the same time um, while he's married. So he's got two girlfriends and a, Yikes. And, and a wife. Um, and he's a minister. And a, and a, and a police officer in Stinnett, Texas. Cool. Um, but then a local woman who uh, believed that she was the only woman dating him was shocked to discover on Facebook that he had been seeing another woman at the same time. Um, meaning that he had two girlfriends uh, recently found out about each other. Okay, not so crazy uh, because crap like this happens. Well, apparently he's also married with children. So that's... Uh, so that is four women who have come forward uh, to say that they were dating this man. Um, but it gets even crazier. Women are coming out of, out with stories. They've dated him at saying some, compass, some capacity in exchanging stories. Here's a comment on one of the threads. Um, Jason has some explaining to do. I have a daughter with Jason. And someone private messaged me with this post and is it has gone viral now. I would really like to know who his wife is is considering that me and him are still married. <laughs> oh so he's God. married to two women and at least three people that he's dating. Um, he's considered a bigamist even in Utah. Yeah. yeah. Um, so now it's up to... You like that? That's a good reference. That so it, it, it got even... Nobody it, else can get that but you. It got even crazier. So he's got two wives, three additional fiancés, and 15 girlfriends. This man. 15. Does he, really he, have making, like a, does he have like a monster cock or something? Like what? I, how does this make work? Him how do you making use of that Google Calendar, isn't he? Like how? How the hell? How? How do you how juggle that, that shit, man? I have like, no idea. I can't, there's like a I can't remember here. who I talked to yesterday. Like, there's a timeline of all the different people that have come forward. <laughs> he's got uh, Cecily. He's got Christy. Uh, Opal, his first wife, unnamed Katie. Opal, what is he dating? An eighty-year-old? Angie, Heather, an unknown woman, Sarah, Brenna, another unknown woman with a daughter. Um, yeah. So, wow. Well, that's uh, so this guy's a real piece of shit. Then. It is. He's man. Like he is a piece what is of it, shit. fucking Wilt Chamberlain. It's he is a piece of shit to the hundredth degree, but. I gotta say, I'm a little bit impressed that he can juggle all that shit. And well, clearly, he can't because he got found out. Well, well yeah, I mean, but if but, you can get that far, but you in. can get that deep into it where you've got two wives, just, three fiancés, wait, and wait, fifteen yes, we're just gonna keep going. girlfriends. We're just gonna let that yeah, go. We are get what that deep into it. He's he was in deep. Guys. Apparently, he's deep into a lot of stuff. He was deep into a lot of pussy. He did it all <laughs> for the nookie, literally. <laughs> For the nookie. And shoved it up. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Shoved mm-hmm. it up there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Perhaps a hard spanking is in order. <clears throat> Too hard! So, Whoa. yeah. We this need is... rest. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is spongy and bruised. Do you want me to keep going? I no. Go. I think we got the point, man. Okay. I got more stories. Though. No, I, we're good. Have more we're good. Stories. There's okay. next week, buddy. We're going to be here right. next week. All right. Well, we'll be here a week from today. <clears throat> I mean, maybe. All right, well, let's go Lord further. Lord and Iran doesn't bomb us. Let's, well, let's... <laughs> a palate cleanser, anybody? <laughs> let's go further out, further in. Oh, shit. it. Palate cleanser. Further up Further up Yeah. And we're live. Uh, so before we get started, uh, one of our guests, Dan Koch, 
of dancoke.com. Uh, actually, what is your website? <laughs> dancokewords.com. Dan <laughs> Dan I've already screwed it up. All right. Dancoke.com was either taken or too expensive. Yeah. And if it's expensive. too expensive, who's that guy? Right. Yeah. He's... Who's trying to charge me a thousand bucks? Like, who else has that name? All fish, right. Something fishy's going on here, I think. <laughs> One of our guests, Dan Koch, has got a PSA for our listeners out there. Dan, take it away. Yeah. So, uh, toward my dissertation in psychology, I am conducting a survey about various experiences within church or Christian groups. I would love it if as many of, uh, of you as possible would take it. There are no requirements other than at some point in your life, you were a Christian and you are now an adult. That's it. So there'll be a link, I believe, in the show notes. Yep. Please take it, share it with any family and friends that you think might want to take it. And now our interview. Yeah, We have with us uh, Sari Martin Concepcion. Did I say that right? Yeah. That's good. Yes. And Dan Coke. <laughs> uh, they are from the website youardeconstructing.com. Close. So you're so you're Oh, man, I already screwed so up. So you're deconstructing. So you're deconstructing.com. Um, it this was, is a professional podcast. <laughs> so you're deconstructing. I didn't have that right. deconstruction has got I'm it right. Here and yeah. This does not seem to be the site. Yes. <laughs> so you're. I bet Trip Fuller didn't fuck this, that up. Well, <laughs> this will also be in the show notes. Hey, it will be. Trip Fuller's got like 12 years on us. He, <laughs> he's a professional. Um, so, so Your Deconstructing was created by uh, Sari and Dan. Uh, Sari is a writer and producer who holds a master's in theology at, from uh, Fuller Seminary. Um, not she, exactly a lightweight. Not no exactly. Uh, currently <laughs> resides in Portland, Oregon. She is the director of communications for Blueprint 1543, uh, which facilitates grants, grant projects integrating theology and the sciences. Dan hosts <laughs> You Have Permission podcast, and uh, is currently a doctoral, doctoral student in psychology of Northwest University in Washington State. Thank you for coming on the podcast, guys. Thank you, Michael. So, thank you. Tell us a little bit about yourselves. Who who do you think you are? What I just want right? to say, if I wasn't in a doctoral program, Sari's introduction would just slay mine in terms of <laughs> importance <laughs> sounding. It's basically yeah, white guy has podcast. Yeah, the the real yeah, truth is that Dan. The real truth is that Dan actually isn't doing that towards the doctoral <laughs> thesis. It's just he just has to make it sound better yeah. when he's on with Sari. I actually invented Northwest University. It's fictional. <laughs> My it would have been like Sari has a master's and currently uh, does grant work. Dan is an overweight, white bearded man with a podcast. <laughs> that's what it would. That's what it would have been. Now I get doctoral student, which is yes. Least, I, I could never finish. I mean, it, it doesn't. It, it doesn't mean anything, you know. <laughs> I like that. I like being shown up by a woman. It feels good. I have it to say, it? like, yeah. I honestly, I'm sorry. I haven't listened to your podcast that much. I haven't seen Inglorious Pastors that That's much. I good for you. To a couple, did my research, but I was like, man, I can't believe how many podcasts I've been on with white bearded men <laughs> and like some sort of beer. Thing going on yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a thing it's a thing year affiliation yeah <laughs> yep it's 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 definitely a meme we're a meme now so <laughs> it's, it's Is there, i forget because it's actually been a while since i've listened but i have listened to a few episodes do do we talk about what we're drinking or is that a different show? we we do generally if you want to we can what are, what are you drinking like Dan? let's i want to start 
I want to start well. So I'm drinking a double gin and tonic right here in a pint glass. <laughs> nice. Actually, it's a little funny story with this. I was just like a little frantic. I don't know, maybe thinking I didn't have enough time. And I, I got out one glass and I was like, this is a little too small. I poured it into another glass. I was like, damn, this is still too small. I need to get enough ice in here for it to last me a little while. And my wife was like, so you use three glasses and a shot glass for one drink? <laughs> yep. And then I said, no. Remember, you asked me to make you a small one with the remaining tonic. So actually, I got two drinks out of four glasses, <laughs> and I made the ratio a little better. A two to I one love ratio. How it, was, that it was like her fault then. <laughs> oh, wow. Welcome to, welcome to <laughs> the Booze Math Podcast. Yes, she helped me. She helped me not be so inefficient with my with my glassware. <laughs> but I'm drinking, yeah, just a little Bombay Sapphire and some... Someone bought some fancy tonic like a year ago that's been sitting in the pantry. Yeah, we had some of that too. <laughs> it's just been there. I have no idea how long. I was like, let's. It's hard. That. It's hard to beat a good G and T, man. I know. Those are just one of my favorites. The thing, the thing about beer on a podcast is I just burp, so I I tend to try and go like a like a double mixed drink, so it's got enough liquid to last a little while, and I'm not burping up a storm. Sari, are you drinking anything? I don't, but I want to show you guys something. Well, oh, yes. for the, the people at home won't go to see, but you can describe. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You see, you see this. You see what that is. Hold I yeah, can what is see it? it, but I don't know. <laughs> is that? Are you making cider uh, or something? I can't. I'm doing it wrong. It's, Wait. Are you, <laughs> what no, are you it's not mine. My husband's making hard cider over there. Oh, in the nice. In this Man. little apparatus. And this yeah. little device up top is this fancy thing he got really excited about. It sends information about the brew to his phone no so Ooh. it tells him how it tells him he's got an app on his phone it tells him how many bubbles are rising through the top per minute <laughs> it tells him how fermented it is like how much alcohol content wow and all sorts of stuff so steve-o's making difficult. skynet cider <laughs> AI, like an AI cider. Wow. I'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna lie siri when you first turned around honestly god i thought it was a bong uh, I did too. I was like, I, was I, like, did, but well, I mean, but I didn't want to guess bong. You know what I mean? Like, it, it is Portland. It so. definitely did look like a bong, though. What if you were like, I'm not drinking, but I want you all to see this. My giant bong, I ripped out of my mind. <laughs> She's like, no, I'm sober. As you see a cloud. <laughs> She's got a fan going, kind of goes off screen. It just kind of wafts back over the screen. I can't wait till the I get the email later. The series like, can you not put my name on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. Wouldn't be the first time. No, nope. uh, I finished off a bottle of Isaac Bowman, so it was good. It is good. Go ahead. Oh, I had. Uh, I, I've got. I've got three things going on over here. Um, it, it was. It, I've had a couple of days at work, so we're gonna. <laughs> we're gonna. We're gonna enjoy tonight. Uh, from our one of our local breweries, they do. Uh, they just put out called Naked Barrel Hard Seltzer. It's like seltzer, but with like a oak aged wild ale blended in it. Yeah. So it's kind of like half beer, half seltzer yeah, a little it's bit. Definitely that better. Sounds good. Yeah. And then I'm having uh, also from the same brewery, uh, Polar Bear Kisses. It's their uh, bourbon barrel aged imperial stout with cacao and uh, peppermint. Is that? Uh, and then I've got Bob Carlisle. <laughs> and then for later, spoof? I've got uh, I've got Restoration uh, Kentucky Rye Whiskey. From uh, from uh, Castle and Key, yeah, and I'm having Midnight the Teddy Bear prayers. Kisses hazelnut variant. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm having. Nice, sorry. Um, what wait. are you singing? <laughs> he said Polar Bear Kisses. My Remember God. that song, Butterfly Kisses? Yes. Oh yeah. yeah, there it is. Yeah, 
pretty sure my wife's. Wait. Can we? Are we going to do an interview? Well, yeah, I, I think. I think. I think that was what my wife danced with her dad to at, at our wedding. Dude, everybody's yeah. wife danced with her dad to that. It's common. Yeah. Yeah. I used to work. No, I used to work for my in-laws' catering company. That's what I did when I left my band Sherwood. And oh my God, you were a wedding singer. No, I was a. I was like a bartender and a caterer, oh, and okay. I. Probably worked, I don't know, a hundred weddings or something. Butterfly kisses, I can't attest. Very common. Yes. Father daughter dance. Yeah. Choice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so tell so us. So besides about being a wedding DJ. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh yeah. I think he asked us to talk about ourselves or something. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Please. <laughs> Why don't you start, Sari? You talk yeah. about yourself. Oh man. Um, there's so many angles. That intro made me sound way more legit than I am. I feel like, but. Mm -mm. <laughs> Um, yeah, I have a background working in the music industry, actually, which is something Dan and I share in common. I was in management. I worked with the artist Rob Zombie for many years, oh. which is a fun fact about me. So yet <laughs> See, another bearded only, white man. Wait, show us, show us the vampire marks on your neck. <laughs> <laughs> it's not only a fun fact. It is He's a vegan. Wait, you're shitting me. So he doesn't eat people. He doesn't you're, people. Wait, you're shitting me. Well, there goes the mythos Rob for Rob is a vegan. Yeah. Good yeah. for him. Hardcore, hardcore. But working with, having worked with Rob Zombie is like immediate access to one million male friend groups. Like, <laughs> this is one of them. And all the other podcasts we've done are also, you know, instances of them. Like, you just are like in once you say that. In, it's, I don't think you quite appreciate it. It's a yeah, real thing. Yeah, but you just don't want to say that. And a lot of people like don't know who he is. A lot of, especially younger people. And no, some actually young, like younger some people only, some younger people only know the films that, like, they know how some oh, of yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. God, I watched one of those too. It was freaking horrifying. I don't I remember know, which they're one. Really they're really. Yeah, there's something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're violent. Yeah. I've got my name on a few of those too. <laughs> nice. Like, were you? Did you have to procure like the buckets of fake blood, or did was that somebody else's job? She, did far, you, she farmed did, that out. Did you do that on, on no. your own, or did you delegate no, that? No. I was they, just sort of a Swiss Army person and did a lot of help with the music clearing and stuff like that. There was one called the Lords of Salem that I was really involved in. That was the one I was probably most involved in. So. <laughs> yeah, the opening of the film has all these like naked witches around a fire, and then it's like. <laughs> Associate producer, Sari Martin. <laughs> I need a screen grab of that. I, need, I want to make that your profile picture. That's your new profile picture on my phone. I got to get a screen grab. Is that on time? Um, yeah, I think it is, actually. It'll be fun. Lords of Salem. Um, yeah. Great. So anyway, I got I got tired of working in entertainment business. I was just kind of burned out and need a life change. And so what do you do? You go to seminary. And yeah, as like, one does work after working out. with Rob Zombie. <laughs> you go yeah. the opposite direction. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But anyway, yeah. Majoring in I exorcism. <laughs> well, yeah, I did, uh, I did a theology and the arts emphasis. So I still was kind of like arts and like entertainment vibes. Um, lots of theology and film type stuff. Okay. And then... Um, what else was I going to say about myself? So I still did a lot of writing and film projects on the side. My husband's a filmmaker too. So we've done some projects together. Um, and when I graduated, I just continued to be a theology nerd and um, just sort of 
oh, I got a job at Fuller Seminary. So I started working in a department that does theology and science stuff or faith and science stuff. And that spun off into my new job, which is for an independent nonprofit that does sort of similar stuff. So, yeah, Mm, that's awesome. That's sort of the me. And I lived in L.A. my whole life, but now I live in Portland, Oregon in the Pacific Northwest. So that's sort of new. So if anyone wants to hang out, I don't have any friends here, really. So you got any <laughs> listeners in Portland? I think we do have some in Portland or near Portland. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm not. sure we do. Guys, I, I hate to break it to you, but if you have thousands of listeners and there are 80 urban markets in America, <laughs> you have listeners in all of those markets. Probably. Probably. That's how it works. You have listeners in Anchorage for sure. You know? Yeah. I, you guys have like a lot of like spinoff podcasts too. Like, so yeah. Other we, ones. We have like it's all for our bonus content, and and really we've got just a few episodes of each one. We just c- come up with ideas and then launch it in our on our Patreon, and, and then, then drop them six months later then, when we get bored. Yeah, it's like ah, that book I can't read it anymore, so we're not going to do a book club for that anymore. <laughs> We've um, done that with two books. Yeah, we, we really have. We have. <laughs> Guys, yeah. we are better no. friends than I realized. <laughs> Wait, what book? Which is similar. Uh, I want to know what. Book. Well, we started. Uh, uh, Eckhart Tolle, yeah. uh, the mm. power of now, is power of now, power of now. And, yeah, then, and then we got about oh well, a third of the way through uh, New Seeds of Contemplation by Thomas Merton. So, mm. and, well, you're swinging uh, for the fences at least. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you guys were like, eh, I got the gist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's... You throw some seeds, you contemplate. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's just... everybody got this now. Good. <laughs> Figure it out. Moving on. You'll find out what it is later. We're good. You know. So Dan's been on our podcast before. Yeah, I was gonna say but, I don't need to probably say a ton because I was it. Uh, it was sometime last year talking about the end time stuff, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 I, you, you can say a little bit. Can, well, yeah. Just, so just, just, just a refresher. I'll refresh. Um, You're a doctoral I, student. I'm a you know doctoral that. student in psychology, so that I can sound smart and not just well, not to say just a bearded white man with a podcast drinking beer because I don't want to impugn you guys. No. <laughs> um, Dude, but, it's been uh, five years. We're yeah, past. We're past from being impugned. Yeah, I, we impugn <laughs> ourselves pretty much. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, once, once we there was another podcast named Inglorious Past Towards. <laughs> we're just like, all right, yeah. whatever. Okay, the, the gig is it. up. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, uh, I was in a band. I was in a band called Sherwood for ten years, and sort of like an emo Christian adjacent emo pop band, and got out of that, t- became a commercial composer, which is still my day job. And through actually working with audio every day, I was like, oh, podcasting, interesting. And then my friends uh, started the Bad Christian Podcast, and they had me on a few times. I was like, I kind of like this. I'm kind of good at this. And eventually, I started podcasting about five years ago. Uh, And then I started my graduate program two years ago. I always thought I would study theology, but decided to go the psychology route, which I'm actually very pleased about, and I'm loving that. And uh, Sari and I, I guess I'll, I'll tell the story of how the site came to be, which is very short. Are you guys familiar with uh, It Gets Better? Yeah. It's like the older gay people yep. writing for younger mm-hmm. gay people mm-hmm. about how it gets better. So I, I wrote a tweet as a joke one day, like, it gets better, but for deconstructing evangelicals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that, was just, that was the whole tweet. And then Sari texted me. She's like, hey. That's a, a good idea, actually. We should make that. <laughs> we should do that. And I was like, I think you're right. And that's so you're deconstructing.com. It's, it gets better for deconstructing evangelicals. I mean, not just evangelicals. It, it turned into a bit of more course. than that. 
but that was the genesis of the idea. The, yeah. You know, uh, a clearinghouse of resources, basically, mm -hmm. for this now very common phenomenon that yeah. I think was a lot less common actually when all five of us, if I could guess, yeah. began to go through it. It was actually yeah. less common. And now we yeah. make content for people who are going right. through it. And right. you know, that's the kind of first generation, second generation, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, uh, and, and it, we were both like, hey, we wish that something like this existed back then. It was like piecing together Pete Enns articles, you know, from somebody <laughs> told you, you know, and now it's like, well, here's or reading. What was that, that site? The ooze dot com. Yeah. Spent a lot of time on the ooze. Oh, God. You see the new Noma Numa video that Rob. Yeah, Peter right. right. Yep. <laughs> yep. In the early like, uh, you know, the early yeah. aughts. Yeah. Days. Oh, oh man, you guys love Rob Bell. I, that's the one I listened to yesterday. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Rob we're about everything him. is spiritual. You guys were like nerding out Rob. so oh, hard. We, on Rob. Yeah. <laughs> we got to interview him face to face, like six months into this podcast up in Indianapolis. Yeah. Oh, awesome. And, in a hotel next to an elevator in a hotel. Yeah. Like if you hear it, you listen to it, you can hear it, ding. Yeah, like, he's like the entire interview. It's pretty great. Spiritual father would be an apt term. For, he's the Rob, Rob father. Yeah. He's the Rob father. Yeah. yeah. We've got some, there's some Robcast uh, episodes and a couple of his books uh, scattered throughout the resources pages, as well as, of mm -hmm. course, some Inglorious Pastors episodes sprinkled throughout. Yeah. Well, thank you. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, so <laughs> I can't even, I can't even fathom. <laughs> like, okay, hopefully those, I, are, hopefully those are down the list for like the experience deconstruction. Would this be like Google page 11? Like, <laughs> Okay, like, this so is the deep Google question, Brad. Let me because you're the first to express sort of incredulity. Let me ask you this: Is it weird to you that somebody that we people we happen to be the somebody's who did it that somebody made a website about deconstruction and that they specifically emailed your co-host Michael <laughs> to ask him for what are some of the most popular episodes that have been the most helpful for people, and that you have ended up as like a significant part of this resource? How does that make you feel? I want to know. Uh, Wait, who's interviewing who here? Well, no, it's fine. Is this Come Dan's on, podcast? Answer the we have question. Dan's podcast now? I, I mean, good it's con good content, okay? I think I think part of it is that like all three of us have failed so badly in ministry, like yeah. in one way or another when we were it when we were in ministry and that it seems weird that anybody like I I I tried starting a church up in the Chicago suburbs like everybody else and it didn't work and like so that was a massive failure and nobody wanted to be a part of it and then moved down here torpedoed our church and torpedoed their <laughs> church like no we started a church together it failed like eventually it, it hung on a little if maybe Brad's the problem <laughs> well I mean I, mean, I need a little more data I'm his brother and I've been saying that for years yeah no it's probably true um but yeah, like I think it's I think it's just so like because of those experiences, it's so weird and my just general Enneagram six laugh lack of confidence, it's weird to think that anybody would get anything out of what we do. Because for us, like we just show up and dick around for three and a half hours shit and each other and like, occasionally mention jesus talk about well even just talk about like yeah. our experience and mm -hmm. then that somehow is connected with people it's super weird um well okay. i mean it's 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 flattering i mean i'm not gonna lie yeah. it feels good yeah it does but Absolutely. it's it, we're, we're very appreciative my I mean. my default setting is like well, self-deprecation I mean, like anybody else you, you know like else, we so. know ourselves like we know right. how full of shit we are i mean it's, it's no secret to us feature, not a bug 
right? Like, isn't that something that, uh, okay, there's a huge difference, as I understand it, between starting a church and doing something like an off-the-cuff, inherently casual podcast. Oh, 100%. Oh, 100%, yeah. I mean, we joke that, I mean, we've got the Pastor's Pub, which I think you've is on your website as one of your one of the communities. I mean, we, we joke that we we started a church and failed and we fucked around and, start, and started a podcast and accidentally started a church. Like, the in the best possible sense of the word, the, the Pastor's Pub has kind of become that. Like, I know last year through um even though it's mostly just memes about dicks and stuff yeah like, i mean um, yeah i mean somehow it's, that's become a community it's <laughs> it's poop and fart jokes and dick jokes and memes i mean like but there's all these conversations as well but like like as for example last year uh this past year once COVID hit you know people got laid off people in the pub got laid off i think we raised somewhere in the neighborhood like fifteen thousand dollars through the pub just people were like hey they would contact me hey i need some help we would anonymously put it out there. People would Venmo and PayPal me money and I'd send it on. It was like 15 grand. Like, wow. what, where does that happen? I mean, like that just doesn't, I mean, that that's literally ax type church by the very definition of it. There were, there were, yeah, I was, there was no one among them that had any need, you know? I mean, that's, so we, we always kind of joke about that, but I mean, we're, we're very aware of, of what this means to people, but we're also very aware of, ourselves and sort of take it with a grain of salt as well you know there's this dynamic where it's like well i was on staff at a church plant in la like for almost four years and it was a shit show for sure it was it was i mean it still exists and but you know whatever it's a long story but, <laughs> but so I, like i know it sounds like a good story <laughs> do tell no, no, I, I think you're probably protecting people by not telling it i get that well, it would just be long. I don't know if it's worth it, but it makes me think a lot about the dynamic between like the pastor and the lay people yeah. and how we have this dynamic. There's a lot of things wrong with this culture and especially in the United States. Right. But between like leadership and lay people and whatever. But people are going to these like Internet pastors, which are y'all, honestly. And but the dynamic's so different, even if it weren't through the internet, because it's like this co-struggling thing. Like I'm yeah. your co-struggler, yeah. I'm not your guru. But maybe that means like it should be more like that in churches too. Yeah. Like yeah. if you're past, you know, it's it's a two-way street. Like the pastor shouldn't be like, hey guys, I'm gonna lead y'all. I'm it's like this this power thing. And also the lay people shouldn't be like, I want my pastor to be like at least fifteen percent better person than me and i'm not gonna cuss <laughs> around him and we're not gonna drink as much as we would if he wasn't around, right. around we're gonna act like we don't me. drink yeah right, right right so i don't know seems like a better dynamic and better it healthier is. communities well the problem is no no church leadership wants that that's the problem it doesn't it, it's because it doesn't keep the lights on no it doesn't nobody nobody wants that kind of mess they they don't most people that come to a church most people that lead churches I mean, I think we all tried to do that. Like, I think a lot of what the three of us tried to do in our various ministries was was at least some level of honesty. Like, look, I may be about like a step ahead of you just because of age or maturity or whatever. But like, we're we're traveling the same road here. Like, mm -hmm. and a lot of the pitfalls I've been through, you're going to go through or you are going through. Right. I can help you through those. I'm still going through my own pitfalls though. Um, but the problem so is. Ahead, Nobody wants that because it doesn't it it doesn't put butts in the seats necessarily. People people come to church because they they want to hear what the what 
is going to make them feel good. Yeah. They, they don't, don't want, want to be challenged. Yeah, they, they don't, don't want, want to be. Yeah. They don't want to hear that the pastor, uh, you know, has a has a drinking problem or the pastor has all these doubts about literally the existence existence of the divine. Right. They don't want to hear that shit because it, it's too hard. They want to come on Sunday morning for the hour, sit, pay sing their, their pay their money for the pay their money, <laughs> sit for four songs for the ticket, throw you know, take their bread and their juice and listen to a twenty minute Tony Robbins sermon. Like that's that's all they want. They don't they don't want anything else out there. Or a that. sermon telling you that you're better than those people out there because yeah. you're a Christian or whatever. Like, you you got mm-hmm. Jesus, so yeah. you're you're better mm-hmm. than them. Yep. So I want to hear a little bit of your stories. Um, obviously, you created this website, sellyourdeconstructing.com. Um, what was there a big moment that changed everything for you and your spiritual life to start, you know, asking those questions or a big topic or what really started this all for you? Deconstructing, not the website, but the deconstruction part. Yeah, uh, I'll start. Um, I've actually I've told the story of uh, the Canaanite genocide on a couple shows and I, I've told it on my show as well so I'll pick a different one um, when I was in college I wouldn't say that I became gay affirming immediately Mm-mm. but I remember being around 18 19 20 and thinking about the issue of same-sex uh, actions being sinful and just being like huh I have a hard time with this because when I think about other sins there tends to be something selfish about them this is the language I use at the time Probably you could get a little bit more nuanced than that, but this is how I was thinking of it, like greed or pride or whatever. It's like I'm important, not other people. It's some sort of version of like taking care of myself instead of others. And I thought about same-sex attraction as opposed to opposite-sex attraction, and I was like there's just nothing inherently selfish about that. Like it's a, it seems like a valueless category, right? It's just like happens to be one way and not the other. And that I would say that was an early deconstructive thought for me. And it took me maybe a couple more years to follow that through. I would say within maybe five years, I probably considered myself affirming. Mm-hmm. But that was the beginning. And, and the Canaanite genocide stuff kind of came after that um, a couple years later, maybe. But that's, yeah, that's an example of like you, you know, uh, Jacques Derrida, who we don't need to talk about, but he's a French philosopher right. who coined <laughs> yeah. the term deconstruction. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the proper philosophical sense. He had a really great image that he would use, which is of a sweater with a loose thread. Yeah. So the loose thread might be anywhere on the sweater, but you happen wherever you happen to see it, if you pull on that thread, it starts to unravel the entire sweater. Mm-hmm. If that it's like explains a- what the sweater song by Weezer's about. <laughs> It's yes. about deconstruction. Dude, Holy no. shit. Dude, Rivers Mind Cuomo. blown. Rivers Cuomo was way ahead of his time. <laughs> Listen to Pinkerton again. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's like in Half Baked when Jon Stewart's like, you ever seen Scent of a Woman on weed? <laughs> like, you ever listen to Pinkerton on deconstruction? Uh, with a deconstructive lens. It's not as funny as on yeah. weed. Um, so that was one of the early threads for me. And eventually, as you guys know, and as Sari and I know, people who have a lot of interest in these topics, we kind of have to unravel the whole sweater. And that doesn't mean that we'll never, that we'll necessarily go down to zero sweater and there's nothing left. That happens for some people. That never happened for me, particularly. I never had no faith left, but I got down to some very bare bones and every part of the sweater has been restitched at some point or another. And it's basically an entirely new sweater 
from the one that I was given mm -hmm. that I was raised with. Right. Mm -hmm. Sari, was there anything that, that really changed everything for you? Um, it was a series of things, but, um, it really goes, it, it really is like a change of me as a person that started a lot of the, the intellectual pursuits of like different issues. Um, so just to, for contrast and background, I was raised super reformed, um, at an Orthodox Presbyterian church, Jeez. very intellectual faith, um, intellectual is kind of a funny word to use but it was like very <laughs> <laughs> and yet we somehow know exactly what you're saying yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah but um but yeah very conservative um but very all just about ideas and having the right beliefs and like good theology and your systematics right and you're like john calvin and all of it lined up and it was like a perfect box like sealed box of ideas that was like unbreakable um and so i just like was all about like getting that right and that's i was totally into it i was totally nerding out on it and into theology and into getting all those ideas right um and then a lot of crap happened i had a i had a really stressful job for many years like a good job i was i i had a, a lot of good times too but a lot of pressure. And also I had a really stressful relationship. I was in a, um, a marriage with a drug addict for many years. And um, I sort of just said, that's it. My life is changing. As I mentioned before, I went to seminary. Um, I got out of that relationship um, and started going to therapy and just sort of started learning to access other kinds of knowing. <laughs> so yeah. mm -hmm. I got more in touch with my feelings. I got, I started, hearing like listening to my instincts better and at the same time i was being exposed to sort of the breadth and plurality of the christian tradition i mean i hadn't mm -hmm. even gone to like outside of that yet really in my mm -hmm. in my head but at fuller it's very diverse there's people from a lot of different faith traditions and um just being exposed to all that made me go like well, maybe it's not so much about like having all these ideas right you know and and then I also, that, that just opened the door for all sorts of things of, of understanding the Bible a little differently. And, um, you know, does, you know, do uh, I have to believe my grandma is going to hell? Like that was a big right. one. And <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny, yeah. huh? Jerry, yeah. <laughs> I there's something interesting about that story. Like there's something both gendered and non-gendered about that. So it's interesting that your story as a female is that you were in this tradition that is sort of hyper-masculine, hyper-air quote, quotes rational, and very suspicious of intuition and emotions, which are historically you know, associated with women, yeah. and that your own personal, personal change through therapy brought that stuff out. But then there's also a non-gendered thing, which is like, but the guys also need to, we also need to hear our feelings and, and feel mm -hmm. them and recognize them. Like we, uh, as much as many men want to assume that we are disembodied souls that are just happen to be in a body and really our minds are doing everything. That's of course false. Mm -hmm. Our brains are chemical <laughs> machines. They rely on the food we eat. They rely everything. They rely on how our muscles work and our nervous systems and emotions affect our thoughts and our behavior. Uh, even if we want to pretend that they don't. 
Who's calling? <laughs> Sorry. Not sure who My that brother. Was. That was my bad. Okay. Guys, no, you know I had my was? phone on mute, no. but it, it came through my phone, my, my laptop. That was the Dark Lord himself trying to <laughs> yes. keep me from encouraging men, godly heads of the household. Wait, Voldemort? The <laughs> yeah. one who shall not be named. <laughs> trying to prevent Oh, John MacArthur. Yeah. <laughs> They no, need to stop John MacArthur. Like, <laughs> That's a good guess. That's a good. That was a good joke. <laughs> oh, wow. He said, "You're talking about some strange or, fire right or, here." Or, <laughs> I I want to hate John MacArthur, but I just feel bad for him. It's like, like if I didn't know anything else about him, I would just think like, buddy, it's it's buddy, you're senile. It's time. Like, <laughs> bless your heart. Bless your heart. Like, it's time to, to go into a home. Like, that's what I would think if I didn't know. South of the Mason Dixon line, bless your heart means shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now that you guys have gone through, like, some deconstruction and, and, and you're, 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 I don't know if you're coming out of it. What is there like a, is there a stream of spirituality now that you identify with? Um, now is it, is it, did, did you return back to Christianity? Did you stay with Christianity the whole time? Um, does it look Christianity with a little bit of this and a little bit of that? What, what is, who do you yeah. think you are? No, I, who do I think I am? <laughs> yeah, no, I still definitely identify as a Christian. Um, and I, I'd say I'm still in process. I'm really interested in reconstructing something. But I'm also very chill about what that looks like. You know, yeah, <laughs> I right. don't want to like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like a part of me wants to rebuild this new world to live in, but I also don't want to like do more of the same of what I did before of yeah. making this like strict landscape or building to live in for myself. Yeah. So I'm still figuring it out. I'm like, maybe like I'm kind of in the process. Like that seems cool. And, but like, I'm I'm holding it loosely, I should say. Yes. And I don't know yeah. what that looks like in terms of church. Like I was talking to Dan yesterday and some other friends like about how I am actually really still drawn to church despite, you know, the shit show I've been through and mm -hmm. the uncomfortable aspects and the unhealthy parts of it and the awkwardness of it. But I still like standing in a room with people and singing songs and like yeah. doing doing the things, you know, yeah, like yeah. I just, mm -hmm. I'm a nerd about it. So I do want to do that. And I've been like, I don't know what that looks like here. Like in Portland, we've, we're like, maybe we'll just be Orthodox, you know, like my, my husband's kind of into that, just like aesthetic sort of nature. <laughs> sure, sure. Like he, he we have some Orthodox like, people in our pub. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. like it's like I just want to go somewhere. It's like being inside of a pop up book for for like a little while. A pop up book. That's what he called it. That's actually really that. accurate. I love that. Okay, that's so good because the back the back yes. overlay is like a, a paper, and there's there's doors that open like the where's hot <laughs> book that I read to my son. Is he under the bed? <laughs> is, the, is the host behind the screen? <laughs> I think I, I think Luke. I think oh, my daughter has that same funny. book. So yeah. he's hilarious. But I mean, definitely I want to bring my daughter to church and stuff. So figuring out what that looks like, uh, you know, yeah. we're figuring it out. But, you know, I just I'm compelled by the story of Jesus. I do experience the love of God and I want to keep pursuing that and all that it implies for how to function in this world and mm -hmm. sort of the kingdom, Jesus kingdom type way. I, I got yeah. a question that goes back just a, a minute. 
that I thought of when. It's okay, Brad. When, I didn't want to talk about my own. Trip, so <laughs> yeah, just just ignore <laughs> Dan. Never mind. Like, I didn't even know you were starting to talk. Guest of the podcast. He's yeah, been on I here can... before. He's fine. Brad, please <laughs> ask your question. I'm just. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm totally here for Dan throwing shade at my brother. Uh, you know what? It's fine. Dan, if you want me to mute him, just let me know. I can mute him. No, no. I, now, I, now I'm really curious what the question is. Um, well, I was going to say, it seems like I've known so many people. Okay, so we, when you say seminary, you went to seminary. We've used that term before. We didn't go to seminary. We went to the sixth grade of seminary, whatever that would look like. Um, we went to we went to four year Bible camp. Yeah, it was basically a really expensive VBS for, for four. Pretty years. much. So, yeah. their like, uh, their but, arts department was puppetry. Right. Well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Puppetry and felt board. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. We were really cutting edge in '98. I took um, felt board 101. Yeah. So, but I think it, it's interesting. It was a credit and a half course. What I only say that to say that, like our school's entire uh, focus was essentially to deepen your yeah. already held convictions, and by already held convictions meant their already held convictions. So, yeah. like. The entire thing was about building up the wall and the company line, and I, oh, yeah. and and I had friends that went to seminary afterward. To, in other words, to a real college um, afterward, where they encouraged critical thought in theology. And every single person that went to one of those schools that I knew, essentially, it kickstarted their deconstruction. Yep. It yeah. was, is that? Do you think having been in that situation, is that? Would you say that that is? a very normal thing for that to happen for people to go to like a, 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 an actual seminary and come out like completely deconstructing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it depends on what kind of seminary you go to, but it also maybe doesn't like, I know people who like a couple of people who went to like Westminster seminary, which is a, a real seminary, but I think it really is like, okay, we're, this is, we're going to teach your, you the yes. right things. Church to of England. And yeah. And yeah. And Fuller was like, here's a buffet of things that all are under in the tent, the Christian tent and pick one that you think is good, you know, like, and actually t training us to question the Bible. Like, why does it say this in the Bible? But then it yeah. says this opposite. And at first it was like annoying to me because I was coming in with, um, you know, ideas about inerrancy and stuff. And, and they were like, but what about this? I was like, we don't need to be such, you know, suspicious of the Bible all the time guy, you know? And then after a while I was like, okay, they've got a point here. This is weird. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of people I know deconstructed, but you know, I have listeners who started deconstructing at Bible college. Which is even yeah. a click below yeah. what you guys went to, yeah. and that yeah. says, or it's a very oh, no, similar. That's exactly, no, that's exactly, that's exactly what we went, what we went to. to. It was that's a Bible college. Okay. Bible yeah. College. So no, I I think it is quite. It's a good question. It is quite common. Yeah. But I, mean, I wonder if it's more common. I wonder if it's more common in more liberal seminaries or more conservative, or if it's like the same. I bet that's you. Okay, this is a great. This is a very interesting question. So yeah. I've been thinking about this a little bit, and I, of course, I could be wrong. But I think that maybe you could do it as a mathematical equation. So the greater distance that your tradition and what you imagine is true has from, let's just say, the scholarly consensus on some any number of issues, the greater chance it will create cognitive dissonance. So if you're raised a liberal Methodist and you feel a call to ministry and then you go to seminary, 
like, what are you going to be freaked out by? Right. You're already yeah. a liberal mm -hmm. Methodist. You have a rainbow mm -hmm. flag outside. You've already, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, so you're already not in. Oh, you're that there. kind of Methodist. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like a like an urban Methodist, right? Or, you know, an Episcopal <laughs> or something. Right. Uh, an Episcopal 20-something who feels called to the mm -hmm. Episcopal priesthood. Uh, that guy doesn't have much to, de or gal, yeah. doesn't have much to deconstruct. Yeah. So I actually think that the Bible college thing, although it seems very surprising, is like, yeah, but there's a very intricate house of cards that you have built up. And the more intricate and kind of shaky your house of cards and the wider it encompasses, right? The more likely it is that like, wait, so um, some people disagreed about what was in the canon can just fuck the whole thing up. Yeah. Yeah. But an yeah. Episcopal would never have that experience. Right. Yeah. I remember right. So I, it's whatever the contrast is, the distance between what the distance you. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's a really. What that's a good way of putting with. it. That's yeah. a really good yeah. way to put mm -hmm. it. Yeah, it reminds me of. Thank you, Brad. I remember in in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember that's in a really nice thing for you to say to me. Thank you, man. <laughs> I remember in uh, Bible college when, which once again not a real college. Um, I have a, I have a, a fake degree from a fake college. Um, <laughs> I'm using it wisely as a uh, maintenance technician. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a factory that equipment. makes ass wipes. So I don't even. God, I don't even know what I was talking about. Uh, it's gone. Sorry. Yeah. Well, sorry. Yeah, you want to tell sorry. us about your deconstruction? Yeah, I can talk about um, my faith. If you're yeah. ready. Yeah. Yeah. Brad, if you're finished, you're in line of questions. Okay. So <laughs> you go for it. Go for so it. Maybe buddy. we don't finish all the questions. We just have them back on. <laughs> I'll yeah, be, you, I'll be short. I'll be fine. Quick. Just, just, just do all the things that you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, like, the website is the website. Go to it. Check it out. It's going right. to have helpful things. We can yeah. talk about it. Yeah, I want to talk about it. Yeah. Okay. I do. Want, I do. Want I got questions. Out. We'll get there. I'll oh. be short. I'll be short. Um, my, I am totally a Christian. And the thing, though, <laughs> that I grew up with. <laughs> why is it so funny? <laughs> she started laughing. I can't help it. Because when you were like totally, like you said it, like you had to convince some people, which you probably do all the time. So it's funny to me, including <laughs> yourself. Your people, then you think. I actually, I actually feel like when I am when I'm addressing, you know, nebulous concerns. As you can, you, you kind of like, you know, when you're phrasing yourself to address something, I'm almost always addressing people to my left, not people to my right. Like, I get way more pushback from my like Bernie bro listeners than I ever do from conservatives. So, if anything, that's who I'm talking to. It's like there's fundamentalism on both sides. <laughs> it is almost as if there is. So, um, I am like totally Christian, but there's a part of me that. Uh, was formed in my Christianity simultaneously to being a punk rock kid. And so there is a real part of me that's like, I'm totally a Christian and fuck you. If you don't think I am like, yeah. you don't get to tell me what I am. I pray the Jesus prayer and the Lord's prayer. I take the Eucharist. I'm a fucking Christian. <laughs> <laughs> It's nice to get to that point. <laughs> He's like a Janie so, Jones Christian. Yeah. But like, uh, I'm in love with a rock and roll Jesus world, Matt. Okay. <laughs> We're doing the clash. Wow. 
Right. I was gonna ask what kind of punk were you were, were you were you into? Uh, I was so this is like the '90s and early aughts. I was into like Fat Records and Epitaph, No oh, Effect, yeah. MXPX, No Use for a Name, Strung Out, all that stuff. Yep. Warp uh, Tour, Ranted, yeah, and still am. I went Warped to Warp Tour as a kid, and then Sherwood yeah, played Warp Tour twice. We did two whole Warp Tours, so that's that's really in my blood. Against me, like all that stuff. Yeah. So I there's a part of me that gets really fired up about that, and and one of the cool things is like the creeds and the history and the, the the theological history of the church is on my side on these issues. Like you can be a fundamentalist Baptist and tell me that I don't count, but you're just wrong. Like Baptists <laughs> are like 10% of the world's Christians. So fuck you. Yeah. You're going to tell me that 10% knows the answers. Get I mean, who here. hasn't wanted to say who hasn't wanted to tell a Baptist go fuck yourself? Come on, let's just be honest. But so I even say that I say fuck you, but I'm not even mad. I'm just like you just are not aware yeah. of the breadth of the tradition, and yeah. I have become at least somewhat aware of the breadth, and that has given mm -hmm. me tremendous freedom. Yes, so man, that's the key word, dude. Man, freedom, freedom. Yeah. All the stuff we that you guys have talked about, and all the stuff that we've talked about, like that's what it comes down to. Right. Uh, I know, Sarah, you mentioned you know just the idea of sort of being having like a fluid understanding of your faith and like, I, I what's the term she uses? I use all the time too. Damn it. I'll have to go back and listen to it. Anyway, basically <laughs> the idea of just being fluid, like just holding it loosely. That's it. Um, yeah. Holding everything loosely. Like that's, that's freedom. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. I've got this thing going on now. I could be proved wrong tomorrow and I will change my ideas and my thoughts and my, how I live based on that criteria or or based on new information I, I i will adapt my faith to the new information that's been presented to me to to speak in in the parlance of our times new <laughs> shit, new shit has light, come to light. I was yes that. you totally that's because you're not privy damn it to the dan you shit. stole her lebowski shit. reference <laughs> Sarah, we are good friends. <laughs> yeah, just, dude, you still you still stole her fucking Lebowski reference like that. Get, that's a mortal sin. Let me. You don't fuck with Jesus. You're out of your depth, man. You're you're uh, out. Wanna, Dan, you're, you're out, out of your depth. element. You're out of your element. Uh, so I want to just throw two more sentences in real quick, and then we can move on. So um, I heard Brad and Matt, spe specifically you guys, really kind of really kind of shitting on so much of the, the bad incentives in the church experience. And I think mm -hmm. you're right about a lot of that, but mm -hmm. I'm also really convinced by what I understand to be the social science research on church being right. really quite good for most people, most of the time. Sure. And one of the things that I'm interested in is, is critiquing the church for the church's sake and for its own health. Mm -hmm. um, and my kind of like, as the gin creeps in here and I'm willing <laughs> to talk about like my dreams, my dream is for, <laughs> A racially diverse, gay-affirming church with a multi-ethnic band and and leadership style that understands elements of liberation theology, but also more classic theism, that like brings people together in collective effervescence over really good like soul and jazz worship. Like I'm thinking Motown because Motown, everyone can agree on Motown. So Marvin Gaye sings. So Marvin Gaye sings Chris Tomlin songs. Is that what you're going for? 
I don't know. I haven't worked out the beats yet. But <laughs> Marvin Gaye, 70s Chris Tomlin. Let, 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 let's be honest. Like 80% of Chris Tomlin is, let's get it on with God. Oh, my gosh. Okay, that's well, lyrically, yeah. but not musically. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that's, and that, that's an incredibly important point. Important. Yeah. We need a full-time conga player. So, <laughs> yes. But my point is this. And then there's a really charismatic female pastor who gives 20-minute sermons. Like, mm-hmm. this is my wet dream of a church. And I want to go there well, someday. Boy, don't do I, wet dream after you said female charismatic sermon. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, I didn't. Mean yeah. That I'm Sarah, can you kind of rain? Can you rain him in a little bit? I know he's like a. I know he's like a pint worth of GNT in. I'd love to see a, a hand reach from Sari's screen <laughs> to a to a claw to grab the yeah. gin and tonic and pull it back off of his screen. <laughs> Uh, that's so my wet dream. He's man. a pint's worth of G and T in. That's my dream. Is that there is like basically a theologically liberal mainline church that utilizes the resources and practices of a me- of evangelical megachurch without the bad and hurtful and potentially abusive theology and yeah. personnel patterns and pushing down of women and sexual minorities right and the sidelining of racial minorities right so i that's what i want and i actually think that those churches i don't know how abundant they will be like in 50 years from now i don't know how many people will be practicing christians in the states it might be like europe where it's like 15 20 percent but i think that those churches will totally exist and we're in a moment right now where those churches have a really hard time in the current marketplace but that's my dream is like not because the the mainline church is science disengaged on these questions and really stuck in just kind of what old people like because that's the people who come and pay the tithes and then the evangelical church is really married to the, theology that i think is disgusting but that works currently in the short term to get butts in the seats and people know it. And so what we need is like in the long term, some kind of combo. I am both realizing that I am more buzzed than I thought. <laughs> and I'm Your four glasses deep, man. Something just came out of me in an organic way that I feel very good about. So I'm going to go grab one more beer while you ask Sari the next question. <laughs> oh I'm following it up. I'm keeping it going. I'm feeling well, uh, great. This is there's great one question, question I wanted to ask. Oh, go ahead. About... You know, we t- we talk all about deconstruction, 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 tearing it all down, tearing it all down. I know Richard Rohr, a number of people said it, but I know Richard Rohr specifically has talked about, you know, there, there's sort of three phases to all this. The idea of uh, there's order, there's disorder, and then there's reorder. And a lot of people in deconstruction yeah. find themselves in that disorder phase where we're tearing everything down. And we've talked about this on this pod numerous times, tearing everything down, tearing everything down. So can you just talk a little bit about the, the reorder phase? And because I know we've all been through that. I know you're in that in that phase and Dan's in that phase and sort of not just your own story of that, but like how that relates to, to your website and what resources yeah, there are for that totally. kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Walter Brueggemann talks about that a lot, too. He's got this Walter Brueggemann has this little book about the Psalms and he ha- mm-hmm. puts all the Psalms in those categories of like order disorder whatever it is yeah 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 yeah, three categories you know Mm -hmm. it's it's such a good little book but yeah the point is too that there's no going back to before once you get (laughs) once you get to that middle part of the journey there's like no going back to what once you've tasted you can't untaste yeah 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 yeah. so um so yeah and i think I, i get concerned about people being in that like dark 
part too mm-hmm. long. And a lot of times there's a lot of isolation around that. So like for me, I was serving at a pretty conservative church while I was going through a lot of like changing my views, going through a lot of deconstruction, keeping a lot of it to myself because I really did not feel like there was that was really a good place to do that in my little church plant where most yeah. where I'm the most liberal person in the room, you know. So so whatever you listen to podcasts, right? But um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's why that's why our site isn't just so. There's the topics page on our mm-hmm. on our website on so you're deconstructing, yes. and that deals with a lot of the intellectual stuff. Like here's resources for thinking about things differently, and you don't have to go through all of them. You don't have to unravel the whole sweater. You could, might just need to deal with the hell thing, or you might just you know LGBTQ mm-hmm. or race issues or whatever. Um, there's all these categories of like the hot button issues, and we're always adding stuff and. Um, sometimes new categories even. So, but it's not all about that because we know it's not just about getting all, all our ideas, right? Like we've already been talking about so much. So that's why we have stuff about communities yes, and spirit, spiritual practices um, and, and, and therapy. We have pages yeah. on all three of those things because reconstructing something beautiful is going to happen in community, in dialogue with other folks yep. and, um, and maybe like, yeah, dealing with trauma and crap you have to deal with that goes along with your what you have associations with church and the bible or jesus or anything so that you can be more free to explore spirituality apart from trauma you know so and then spiritual practices ways to maybe you need to just not go to church for a while for maybe for a few years or whatever it is or however long or forever whatever but there's still ways that you know People have connected with God through spiritual practice, through meditation. So we have resources on that kind of stuff. So that's how we kind of address some of that, like reconstructing part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the, the the tabs on the website are super helpful. So you've got topics, yeah. communities, uh, uh, therapy, uh, and testimonies as well. Um, some of the topics, I, I think, just for our listeners, so they kind of know if they if to get them into the website: uh, the Bible, uh, politics and Christianity, hell atonement, salvation, women in Christianity, LGBTQIA in Christianity, uh, prayer, rethinking God and our relationship with God, race, uh, sex and purity culture, yeah. uh, historical Jesus. Um, there, there's, there, it, it's, that's just the, like the tip. There's so many other um, just the tip. topics. Yeah, just the tip. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, have a lady present. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, the... <laughs> we don't sorry. make just the tip jokes around yeah. ladies. Okay? Well... <laughs> Have you listened to this podcast? <laughs> are we actually live somewhere right now? Like, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah we are. We are live, just in a very small Facebook, very, group right very now. small group of people. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I want to give a... that an hour ago. No, that's fine. Oh no, no. no. I, I do yeah. want to give a quick update. I decided against the beer, and here's why. Um, oh gosh, I have to give my so son wasted. a bath tonight, and I have a personal rule to not give him a bath while tipsy because he is very wiggly. In the bath is slippery. You're trying not to drunk drown your son, basically. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. probably it's probably a good call, Dan. Yeah, don't yeah. want to drunk drown him. It's so. Very mature of you. Parenting 101. <laughs> the gin and tonic did its work. I'm feeling don't good. drink and bathe. Don't drink and bathe. But yeah, I'm not going like... to bathe him tipsy. So I, I'm just going to. I'm feeling good. and I'm going to ride it out. <laughs> okay, so I want to. Well, I got a question real yeah. quick. Go for it. What is your? Uh, it's obvious that you guys come. I mean. You guys are, when you talk about reconstruction, you have reconstructed, I don't know if back toward Christianity or at least stayed in that stream. Yeah. Um, in your mind, what does reconstruction look like? What's your what's your level of optimism that, because obviously your heart is to sort of 
have people find a new faith in the church, in the Christian faith. To reorder faith, the Christian to, faith. To reorder yeah. the Christian faith. What's your level of optimism for that happening? And the reason I ask is because I know, like, just in our pub group on Facebook and just speaking personally, like, the more I reconstruct, I feel like the more I'm reconstructing with the church in the rearview mirror. And it's like as a, or at least in the back seat, it's like I, it's a, it's a, a huge part of who I am and what I've become. I don't hold any bitterness toward that mm-hmm. anymore. Like not anymore. Yeah. I don't yeah. like, and, and it's just this is for better or worse. This is a, a massive part of my identity growing up, and then continues on today. So, but what? But it, it seems like that gets further and further into the back seat. The more I sort of build something else back up, and it seems like I'm not alone in that. So I wonder what your What's your level of optimism that people will, f- you know, that because since deconstruction is such a huge thing, that a a majority of the people that have gone are going through this process will end up in a Christian stream, so to speak. Sari, what do you think about this? I'm very curious. I'm generally optimistic. Um, and kind of hopeful, like I, I do maintain that I have, you know, I, my sample size isn't huge, but Mm -hmm. from the people I'm in touch with, um, I do feel that way about like the evangelical church there, like that church, that institution of evangelical churches, they do seem like that people are going to grow out of that and that it might just kind of, you know. But people I'm in touch with who are processing these these things, some folks right now are like, nah, never again. I'm not going back, you know? Mm -hmm. But there's still a lot of people who are still engaging with the ideas and being exposed to new ideas for the first time and wanting to grow. Even some older people, I have this, there's sort of this mentor couple that my husband and I know, and, and they are completely willing to grow and change still even in their you know 60s and i find that really encouraging sure, so sure. Yeah, and then yeah. as i've begun researching the churches in the portland area i'm finding some churches that seem to be doing cool stuff like some mainline churches that are have really roasted the occasion in the pandemic of not being like churches about sunday service they're like transforming yeah, how they yeah. think of mm-hmm. church and they're doing really cool stuff in the community and in response to Black Lives Matter and all that kind of stuff. And then there's even a couple non-denominational churches who are progressive and are doing really cool things. So that those give me glimmers, glimmers of hope. You know, I yes, Dan and I seem to be pointing to the Christian tradition, being mm-hmm. like, hey, guys, sure. still good idea stuff here, you know. And But honestly, like, I'm not going to – we're not here to twist anyone's arm, sure. you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. You know, and I'm universalist anyway, so it's like <laughs> – Well, I know we've – and I know we've <laughs> talked about, like, we – like none of us have been in church in years. It's been a minute. Um, yeah. It's been a year. Is years? Yeah, years. Yeah. years. It's been. Um, it's but, been a half decade. But we. I mean, I. I was literally. I played Jesus as an infant. Like I literally have grown up in the church. Brad and I both. Michael. I, I saw Matt die on a cross once. I, I played, dude. I have played baby Jesus and dying on a cross. Jesus. I've done them all. I've done it all. Like You've done eight pounds, six ounce baby Jesus. Yeah. And I've done nails in the palms, Jesus. Like, yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, well, uh, I was Mary like three times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, Little baby, like pregnant, ten year old girl on the. 
<laughs> By the way, the hardest thing ever is to to figure out how to play a resurrected person. Like, what the fuck does that even look what like? Do like, what do I do with my hands? I'm alive now. <laughs> Hooray! Um, <laughs> Hooray! I'm having a wonderful time. Yeah, that's right. I'm, gonna... I'm Doctor Zoidberg is Jesus. Um, I was thinking Alec Baldwin in Thirty Rock with the double mugs. Me too. <laughs> 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 Holding two mugs. But we, I know we. The three of us still, in some sense, I can't. I won't speak for Michael. He's basically a nihilist. Um, <laughs> I'm not even gonna nihilist. Fight. Fuck he's, me. He's not a nihilist. Um, he's a coward. Say yeah. what you <laughs> will. He believes in nothing. <laughs> he believes in nothing. Um, that I, Brad and I both have talked. We've talked about this on the podcast a lot of times. That we still view things through the lens we grew up with. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm re- Brad's reading reading Rumi right now, and Alan Watts, and, and Alan Watts. Yeah. I'm reading the Tao. I'm, I mean, or uh, the Tao Te Ching. I mean, like I'm, but I still. I'm reading Ready Player Two. <laughs> it's pretty Is good. There a sequel? Yeah, it just came out. Oh great! <laughs> oh great! That was very optimistic. <laughs> maybe, maybe Spielberg will direct the lackluster sequel. Let's hope. I didn't really care. Anyway, for my health so, good. But Brad and I, Brad and I, you know, we we view things even though we don't go to church. Like yeah. you can't undo that part of your brain. Like totally. we still, I still find myself reading things through, right? In some aspect, through that. Well, lens. and I stopped trying to undo that part of my brain. No, it's yeah. just they, it's, this is part of my. Like, I love the Jesus. Yeah, story. I do too. I love course. it. Yeah. I mean, how can you not love the Jesus story? Right. Like, right. I mean, he's one of the, he's literally one of the great teachers. He literally gave his life for what he believed. I mean, at the, at the base interpretation, that's literally what he did. He gave his life for what he really believed was true in the world and true about the divine. Like you, you can, you can build a life around that. You can build your, your existence around that kind of, yeah that kind of person, even if it's a myth, even if it's a, a story made up. You can still build your life around that and become a truly in, inspirational and truly great person for other people. So, Brad, I don't know like what the prognosis is, but let me let me venture an analogy. Mm-hmm. It might be that the evangelical white church in America is akin to the record industry in 1998. So it's <laughs> 98, and what we've learned is you need two singles. And 13 filler tracks, and you can put it on a 1499 yep. CD physical yeah. copy, and you'll sell if it's the right band, if it's Cheryl Crow, you'll sell 20 million copies of it or whatever. And next year, Napster is gonna be invented. <laughs> you know, like it might be that we're there, or we're maybe in 99, right. and like Trump is like Napster was invented, and people now see that there are is another option that the emperor was not wearing any clothes after all <laughs> right and that version of the record industry is now fully dead i mean there is there mm-hmm. is nothing left of it it is a new business paradigm they sign different kind of deals with artists um the 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 royalties like what makes a gold record is different now it's all streaming algorithms and like it's Siri knows it's a it's entirely a different industry there are still executives who put out records there are still record labels but everything about the business end of it is different now Mm -hmm. maybe that's what it is and like but that was a very painful many years process before and tons of layoffs and you know whatever and maybe that's what's up 
And we're kind of in that point. Like, like, you know, people under 40 are like, guys, I can just get it on Napster. Why would I go listen yeah. to yeah, the man, mediocre a, yep. white boomer tell me things <laughs> while he's also voting for Trump? Like yeah. that was a runner up for our title of our <laughs> podcast, <laughs> Mediocre White Boomer. You guys are you guys are it's gonna be our, not, it's gonna be our spinoff in about three years. Um, <laughs> I, I the reason I the reason I asked the question is is because I'll be I want to hear your thoughts on this. I feel like I think part of this also is that we are in completely different parts of the country. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like if I lived in Portland, oh, sure. it would, my viewpoint would be a lot different than 100% true. living 100% in 99% evangelical dumbfuckistan in Indiana. Like, wow. that's oh, which is what you really Indiana? think. Yeah. 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 And oh, dude, now it's like, all coming now together. Now it clicks. <laughs> the reddest part of Indiana you can possibly imagine. Right. Brought so, by Mike Pence. Where? There yeah. are people still. There are people still flying Trump flags. Yeah, yeah, like, still. You see that still too in in uh, yeah. on the outskirts of the city in, wait, in Seattle. Too. Wait, what town are you in? Just tell me. Martinsville, Indiana. Indiana. We're about Halfway. a half hour south of Indiana. We're between Indian and Bloomington. Yeah, Bloomington's where Indiana University is. Yeah. So it's mega liberal. So it's we're squeezed right between here. two liberal yeah enclaves, and we are right. in the reddest of red. Yeah, yeah. red areas. Yeah, but so, it's a short drive to hang out with your blue brethren. Ex- oh, absolutely, <laughs> and we do. Well, we did before the pandemic, yeah, but. Um, the Trump train drove by my rural road in the middle of the country. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, so I I feel like the church is destined to, I mean, not it's not going to die, and I don't want it to die, but I'm just saying I don't think it's going to die because I just don't think there's always going to be people that are captivated by the story. But, like, yeah. I feel, I think the church incorporated is on its way out in this country. Um and I, the reason I say this for a couple of reasons, for one, I think it had been coming for a long time. The sentiment and the bubble was going to burst. And then Trump was the pin um, because when he was elected and it came out that like 85% or whatever of evangelicals voted for him. I know so many of our listeners come from that evangelical background and the three of us do as well. And they were just like, well, we're fucking done. We're done. And really, I don't, I mean, I don't ever say never, but sure as hell doesn't seem like they're going back. I know like we have how many kids between the three of us? Seven? Seven? No. Eight? Seven. Seven. Yeah, yeah. Seven kids between, and none of them are being raised in church. And we're kind of intentionally not raising them in church. Um so it kind of feels like a war of attrition at this point. Like it, it kind of feels like the church in this country is destined to be some sort of church Inc. Church Inc. Be yeah. just like a smoldering wreck. And so what, yeah. that's the reason I ask about your level of optimism. Cause as I see it, just based on where the people that I am around and have seen that, the that, the last four years have really accelerated what seems to be a, a very prolonged death. Well, and then you dump COVID on top of that, where people who are sort of marginal about going to church anyway, no longer have to go to church. And they're not going back. They're not coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah they're, not, that, they're not tuning in at on At the beginning Sundays. of the pandemic, I said, this is going to destroy a lot of the American church because essentially, well, yeah. what, essentially what you have is people that have are showing up out of rote memory 
And yeah. a lot of them, there's are the diehards. Our parents are the die diehards. They're going to be there regardless because they actually believe it. Um, but there's so many people that just, um, I, I don't know. They just, I, Brad, I, I let me get, yeah, let me get a ahead. little, let me get a little woo woo here for a second. And I tend not to, but <laughs> like uh, the spirit of God, if it, if God exists, is not going anywhere. Sure, of course. Sure, absolutely. So these are manifestations of particular kind of concretized and calcified ways of relating to that spirit. And they are totally contextual. They are very cultural. So you actually, COVID notwithstanding, you have a really interesting phenomenon on the right in this country where actually Trump support has made it easier for people to invite their friends to church. And some of these <laughs> churches are thriving, yeah, uh, controlling for COVID, right? So in some sense, I think what's going to happen is you're going to continue to have a short-term thriving in red America for this type of Christianity right. and a continued absolute bloodletting in blue America for most expressions of Christianity. And then the, to the extent that that becomes polarized and partisan, it will follow the lines of every fucking other thing in our society and it will become exhausting. Mm -hmm. But out of the wreckage of all of that, and then maybe that bubble will burst, you know, who knows? Who knows mm -hmm. what happens with those kind of increasingly red uh, churches? Uh, they might last for a very long time in the way that maybe like congressional power doesn't last because they are sticking with Trump and Trump lost. You know, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But churches don't have a presidential election every four years as a referendum. They just you either come or you don't. Um, so that will be interesting. But I think you see the religious impulse in other areas. And I don't like if if the prediction is people will stop congregating together for spiritual purposes, I think that's false. I think that that will never stop. And you see it at Black Lives Matter marches, uh, you see it at concerts, you see yeah. it whatever. I think but the like, form. I think there'll be different forms. Yeah. yeah and I so, agree. if I'm if I'm it, if you you ask if we're optimistic in the short term, I have no idea. In the long term, I'm optimistic that God's lure toward justice and peace and love and goodness will continue and will find various expressions. And those might not pay very many pastor 401ks. I don't know. Maybe yeah. not. And that's fine. Yeah. You know? And we probably won't want to call those church, but why not? Like, be because of the baggage associated with that. Yeah, term. But right. Why not? Why aren't they church? You know, like if people yeah. gather for your podcast or whatever, like whatever the thing is or whatever it looks like the expression. And some of that's a numbers game, though. Yeah. And like at the current moment, there maybe are not enough sort of like deconstructed ex-evangelicals to make a bunch of these physical buildings, mean, you know, filled up enough or whatever. But that might be numbers. I mean, who knows? Uh, maybe somebody will start a really good sort of online based communications depot for all those people. Maybe that's the next thing Sari and I will make. Who knows? Uh, but like, Pastors you know, uh, patreon.com slash pastors podcast. <laughs> <if> you... <laughs> sorry, was that? Uh, was that? Oh, sorry. But like, uh, Sari and I both really want our kids who are basically, who by the way are one week apart. They're like the same age. Oh, wow. 
we really want them to be raised in a church and we will raise Soren, my son in some kind of church. And, and once we are vaccinated or whatever, we'll be pursuing that more, more thoroughly. Um, but I am, as I said, I am persuaded by sort of the research on the experience of being in church and I, I'm not willing to let it go. I'm willing to push for a healthier community, but I interviewed, so I did, this is interesting. I did uh, a class in school on cognitive assessment. And some of the assessments I did were for kids. And I assessed my friends, two kids, two of their, two of their kids. And one of them, I did a longer one. So I did an interview with her and stuff. And we talked about God and church and stuff. And she's nine. And she was like, I miss church. Like I had such good friends. I like hearing about how like God loves us and God made the world. And they went to this really liberal church in Seattle area. And I was like, damn, that was good for her. Like that was mm -hmm. a good experience for mm -hmm. her. And, uh, and that's why they want her to have that experience. And I want Soren to have that experience. I want him to associate God with fun friends and like loving his classmates and finding the kid who's picked on. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can do it. You don't have to scare them with the rapture in hell. There's no yeah. law. I, I, so I see what you're saying. Completely yeah. understand what you're saying. And for, for, for me, uh, there isn't an option in rural Martinsville, Indiana right. without going 45 minutes away to, to, to have that kind of experience. And even then, even then when we do go 45 minutes away, we don't know what these, the Sunday school teachers are teaching and, and, sure. and we have to debrief after those moments. So I, I totally get what you're saying, but at, at, I had this, this thought last week. I was like, can I be a fan of Jesus and, and ha have, have it not necessarily believe in God. Can I be a Christian yeah. without all the the baggage of a, well? And of, I think I think baggage is the key there. Like, and I think yeah. you can raise humanist people, humanist kids that aren't pieces of shit. You know, I, 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 I think it, yeah. I don't think that has to be. You know, you can teach your kids how to be loving. You can teach them all the good things that come with Christianity, but without the baggage of 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 God in a church and, 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 and I don't want to project my back, my own personal baggage onto every church. That's, that's not the case. I'm fully aware of that. But in the area that I live in, there just isn't anything. We tried yeah. to start something that was like <laughs> right. that and it didn't work. Yeah. We got ran out. We got kicked out of our building because we were LGBTQIA affirming like mm. that's, there just isn't a space for that here. And, um, so it's important to me that um, that my kids don't get bogged down with some of the ideology in small town middle America, right? But uh, I, yeah. I'm going to just do a kind of a douchey thing here and read a few sentences from a literature review of one of my research projects that I've been working on in school because I do want – like there is certainly an, an access to resources issue – and Michael, where you live, yeah. you have poor access. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I can't, of course, that's not easily solved. But I don't want people to sleep on what the evidence actually says that we currently have, right? So if you do have resources, like it's maybe worth considering stuff like this. And this is all from peer reviewed, 
you know, empirical research. Um, both religiosity and spirituality are associated in children and adolescents with better social support, role identity, positive religious coping, and sanctions against risky behaviors. Religious and spiritual coping allows believers to look for spiritual support from God or other divine beings, social support from co-religionists, and to make meaning out of negative events which can promote resilience and well-being. It can increase self-esteem, decrease depression, and results in higher life satisfaction. That's three sentences out of 20 in this article. Yeah. Like, it's, it is abundant. Like, yeah. so we're in this pickle because yeah i don't want my kids to have to grow up and start a podcast about their, their spiritual <laughs> brokenness you know what i'm saying but we've also been able to make meaning out of that you and i yeah. the four the five of us have been able to make meaning out of that which is not nothing and and we will make some mistakes and they'll make some meaning out of writing those wrongs when they get older but all, all i'm saying is what i this is the punk rock side of me all those social science benefits that I just mentioned that we all want for our kids, we don't want them engaging in risky sexual behaviors when they're young. We don't want mm -hmm. no we don't want them trying drugs when they're young. A lot of that has been hijacked by a particular theology. Yeah. And it is an open question whether you what parts of that you actually need to get the benefits. And yeah. I think that Jesus is a pretty compelling argument that you actually don't need much of it at all because Jesus himself didn't preach or instantiate many of those hateful theologies. Jesus was not a Calvinist. He wasn't a fucking Calvinist. Jesus was hanging out. Like Jesus couldn't not be around sin. That's not true. Jesus was like literally bathed in sinful people all day long, all the time. Like, so there's gotta be a way to retain that and to keep the benefits of community and of common moral cause without the bullshit, the thing is there are massive systems and giant business infrastructures and leadership conferences and, <laughs> you know, fill, you could fill it all out yeah. that are some, many of whom are populated by very well-meaning people whose live livelihoods depend on their perpetuating a flawed system. Yep. And so that's why I'm saying it's maybe 1999 and Napster and CDs. Like we need some kind of paradigm shift there, but I'm only 37, dude. By the time I'm 77, there will be a new paradigm. Yeah. That's almost yeah. guaranteed. Yeah. So maybe yeah. we can, and maybe us podcasters and whatever theologians can help envision that new thing we sure we got plenty of time we're young you know awesome end of right. sermon end of sermon <laughs> end what am i but it sounds bullet? like you guys are all doing what's best for your own family and lives yeah and i think that's yeah, that's the key thing yeah and if, if we if we had the the resources locally i think all oh, of us sure. at one point yeah. early in our deconstruction would have been open to that and, and surely would have yeah. tried it and, and you know uh my kids know about Jesus. They know about mm -hmm. God. They know, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not like they're complete heathens. I mean, but, um, th they, they have a base understanding. And, and for me, um, it's been a good choice to, to be able to monitor the influence that they get from, from yeah. other people. I've always just been like, for sure they can find their path. Yep. I, I was given a path and then I had to sort of, veer from the path to find my own path i'm just to the point where like they'll they'll find what they need to find like 
if, if again, if I believe in the spirit of God, I believe the spirit will guide them where they need to go. I like, I have to sort of trust in that, which most churches don't, <laughs> which is why they try to control everything. I believe that if the spirit, whatever that is, whatever that looks like, wants them but, in a certain path, then it will go to that certain path. Is, is there a value neutral way to talk about that? Right. That's, that's neither what you're saying, nor is it the kind of anxious indoctrination approach that some of us had. Like the way that I would Probably. say it from a psychological <laughs> perspective is people will tend to believe what seems plausible to them. Sure. And so if you raise a kid with zero church experience, they are unlikely to believe the kind of things that people at church believe. Sure. And if you indoctrinate them, they're very likely to believe the things that that church sure. believes. Yeah, of yeah. course, they're going to have a lot of negative consequences. So I'm looking for kind of a medium, a middle way here of like, I, and I, of course I have, you guys have more experience parenting than me. So I'm not, I'm not <laughs> imputing anything of that. I have an 11 month old. I have an 18 year old. He just turned I'm, 18 this week. Right. I'm trying to get Soren to say the cow says moo. So you know, <laughs> we're we're at different levels here. But I'm like, trying to get my son to go. What do you want to do with your life? <laughs> but when but when liberal mainline Protestants sort of like as as my buddy Jim Wellman, who's a researcher at UW, he has actually had them say this to him. My kids bother me at church, so I don't. I have them not come anymore. Well, there will be consequences to that. Like you know, like plausibility comes from familiarity basically sure and that mm. is can be very bad you're raised in a cult everyone believes the same thing that the cult believes mm. it seems very plausible and you're wrong but it works no matter what like that's just the way our yeah, brains right. are so yeah. i'm i'm looking for something kind of in the middle and i feel like sari and i are probably kind of on a similar page with that kind of stuff yeah i don't want to speak for her <laughs> nor but sari really doesn't want to <laughs> criticize your parenting <laughs> no it's fine no 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 that's not i mean i i mean i feel like we have to say like i don't know matt like if your kids ask you well what do you think do you tell them something or do you oh absolutely say, oh yeah. no okay. i absolutely do yeah. no yeah. i don't i don't just like i don't just blow off the questions right. i mean right. I my 11 like year old son say... my 11 year old son has autism he doesn't give a shit about anything about video games but like like yeah i mean we've had discussions about that kind of stuff he knows where i stand on things like it's not yeah it's not a, it's not a mystery that's going to yeah. carry weight because you're sure. dad. Absolutely. And yeah. so I'm just kind of trying to come up with the best version of Christian story. Cause I think it's the most compelling way to sort of infuse life with meaning and give sort of directives. And that's the best thing I got. And that's what I'm going to give her, but I'm going to, I'm going to say, but you got to find your own thing, you know, cause everybody. Yeah. Does, right. No, know? no, absolutely. You no. Know? I mean, I let him know. I mean, we've had numerous discussions about, he's about to walk through the background here, actually. <laughs> Lenny. <laughs> that's Elijah. That's my son. We call him Lenny. Um, yeah, I mean, we've had numerous discussions about all manner of topics, and just so I don't like, I don't hide whatever I grew up with, whatever I believe, but I don't at the same time I don't press that on him either. So yeah, um, I want to give him, I want to give him as what I think is the right way to go, and what it's done in my life, and what I, how I've changed and things. But outside of that, I, I want him yeah. to find his path. You know, I mean, it, yeah. it's a balance. I mean, again, it's like everything else; it's a fucking balance. Like. Yeah. Totally. It is. It's totally. a balance. And I, I'm trying to, I think that for those of us who have been traumatized and I include myself in that, we can tend to de-emphasize the benefits of church mm -hmm. because it irks us. It makes us feel anxious. I mean, 
we I've had panic attacks. I mean, like, you know, there are very uh, reasons I can very much empathize with that we de-emphasize the benefits. And then, of course, those of us who are really indoctrinated in it overemphasize the benefits. And so, you know, it's but just it all, like. But it also gives my mom life. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. and, and my yeah. mom is a wonderful delightful frustrating human being yeah. <laughs> but but she's but, but i mean like she would literally give her soul for you like at the same time so right. like yeah. it has I, I i recognize that i recognize all those things yeah. for it, it's whatever what's making you a better person hmm. is it going to church do that hmm. if it's reading yeah. the Tao, do that if it's but the hard thing Buddhism, is with like we, we can ask that of adults in a different way than we can ask it of kids, oh yeah absolutely right? sure yeah, where it gets complicated right. where you have to kind of you have to make a call in the moment as you go and adjust as you go in a way that's different than if you're dealing with an autonomous sure. adult absolutely yeah all right we we got to wrap up um up. so um Sari, I was creeping on your Facebook, or not your Facebook, your your website, storydeacon.com. Uh, you've got oh articles gosh. about the OA, yeah. Rick and Morty, <laughs> C.S. Yeah. Lewis, David Bazan. I've never felt more seen. Um, yeah. Yes! Um, can you tell us a little bit about your work on uh, Story Deacon? Oh, yeah. I haven't updated it for a while, so it, I, I, I still enjoyed it. That, but it's not. Day. <laughs> Good, good. Yeah, that's just kind of where I throw my writing on the side. It needs to sort of be uh, robustified for sure. I need to get better about it, but I'm still figuring out how to have a full time job and a baby. But yeah, I, I, <laughs> good luck with I that. I had a lot of <laughs> yeah, and this like side hustle that doesn't pay me. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, so your deconstructing is uh, non pro. It's it's a reverse <laughs> profit. It costs right. Me. It takes money from us. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I just wanted someplace to put my writing about like culture and stuff that I'd written in in seminary and Rick and Morty was really fun to write. And yeah, I'm a huge Star Trek nerd, uh, Twin Peaks, you know, Rick and Morty. Uh, OA was one of my favorite shows. So I had to get that out somewhere. My nerd dumb X-Files. I'm like a giant X-Files oh, wow. person. So, yeah. Are there, are there <laughs> any other projects you all are working on that people should be on the lookout for? I have uh, an Instagram account where I just post theology terms and what I think about them from a, a pocket dictionary of theology terms. And it's just at theology terms. Ooh, nice. nice. <laughs> what a great handle. There you go. Yeah, I was available at theology terms. <laughs> so if you want to follow, if you want some theology in your, in your Instagram feed, you can follow that. That's just my, for fun. I'll be following it. Nice. Uh, for me, the, 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 at the moment, it's that survey, which I talked about at the very beginning. Um, and of course you have permission, the ongoing podcast. And I, I'm actually, I'll say this, it will come out eventually, but I'm working on a kind of like a sample based uh, dance music project, like mostly instrumental, kind of like washed out. If you know that band, um, mm. like a bunch of soul and like, I don't know, like, like worship music. No, it's like Marvin Gaye and Skrillex you, together. You want worship music to be? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to describe it. it. It's very soul and and funk influence, but like with modern sampling techniques. Uh, but I don't know what it's called yet, and it's not out yet. But I just, I just, share, I thought I'd share that I'm working on that for I fun. See it. Skrillex, hey, two, Skrillex is, two electric boogaloo. My, my husband two. is from uh, Greenwood. Oh, oh yeah. yeah it's like 20 minutes yep. yeah 30 really? minutes yeah yeah so I'll 50 minutes depending on traffic here 
we've we've got a lot of family there on his side, so I'll huh, probably roll yeah. through in the next year. I've never been to Indiana, so and they've never oh, met well. our baby. So Hit us up. Right. go ahead, whatever whatever your expectations are, go ahead and lower that bar. You want uh, to hit yeah. us up? Hit us up, and we'll take you all the good breweries. <laughs> My yeah, God, Taxman Brewery, Taxman Brewery, Barkersville. So you'll be damn yeah. close to that one. Yep. That yeah. sounds like a great time. Oh, yep. babysitter. <laughs> awesome. You're having some FOMO already. Dan, just talk shit. Ab- we can just talk shit about Dan the entire time. <laughs> Remember all the research he cited? What a fucking nerd. <laughs> and then we'll record it and send it to him. Here's what we think of you, Dan. Oh, gosh. Thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate it. It was great. It was so us. fun. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Now that you've in your seat. Yeah. Can tell us what you think. Tell us what you think. Yeah. The five stars get red, but one star is dead. Two eyes. Who the fuck did nobody watch? What if God? Like two poor saps watching. Oh, just one. Shit. One? Are we down, We're to, down one? to one? Oh my God, they bailed. Uh, no feedback. Brad? Okay. Uh, I haven't even looked, so I couldn't tell you. Nope, guess not. <laughs> well, we Can we just shit can the feedback segment? Like well, we have the song. We have to play it. Now it's time to decide our hashtag. Hashtag overweight white guy has podcast. <laughs> hashtag booze math podcast. <laughs> hashtag bucket of blood getter. <laughs> uh, hashtag the deep Google. Hashtag the one... The one who should not be named John MacArthur. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag, it's like being in a pop-up book. Hashtag, Marvin Gaye Marvin Gay sings Chris Tomlin. Hashtag, I saw Matt die on a cross. Hashtag, people don't want to drink balls. Hashtag, Sonic the Hedge Lord. <laughs> and then, hashtag, gas station theft for Hedge Lords. <laughs> Uh, uh, hashtag is the host behind the screen Hashtag urban methodist Hashtag I really like that uh, As the gin kicks in uh, I was going to ask him, I was going to say I was actually going to ask him if that was a, It's like a Some sort of postmodern uh, soap opera uh, Hashtag wet dream of a church Hashtag, I saw Matt die on a cross once. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag, Trump is an actor. Uh, Hashtag, drink balls. Drink balls. (laughs) Hi, Jude. Hey, you want to come say hi? You're going to be on TV. Come here. Uh, You want to be on TV? Come here. Hashtag, Sonic the Hedgelord. Hashtag, Marilyn Mansion. (laughs) <laughs> Come on down to Maryland. The Mansion. senator from West Virginia. Uh, hashtag, I like doing that. <laughs> I don't remember what that I was don't from, even but know. I remember laughing at it. Hashtag, theft boner. Hashtag, theft boner. hashtag I was wondering what the eft boner meant. <laughs> I wrote it down. The eft boner. Uh, <laughs> The foot boner? Hashtag allegedly aggressive man. (laughs) Hashtag Russian nesting doll of segments. (laughs) All right, Michael. I've got uh, Sonic the Hedge Lord. I've got 
I smell fucking delicious. For whatever reason, there's things that he says that are just funnier when he says them. I've got uh, wet dream of a church. I smell delicious. Joy to shower. <laughs> what? It's, it's a joy to shower. That's what Matt said. It's a joy to shower. Oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah, my nog chompa soap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And All then right. the foot boner. <laughs> the FT boner. Good old PT Cruiser boner. It's got to be Sonic the Hedgelord. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess, but like, two, like three weeks ago, we did manual cock cages for Edgelords. Like, well, I feel like we've already jumped the shark. I do on have that. an update on the manual cock cage story. I wasn't able to tell during our. <laughs> yeah, what is that? They interviewed the guy. I know yeah. the guy that got locked in. Yeah, yeah, I heard about it. He got cocked in. He was essentially like, at first, I liked it because I thought my girlfriend was doing it. Sonic. And then that, when I realized it wasn't, wasn't a manual disengage. <laughs> So Sonic the Hedgelord, is that where we're yeah. landing? So if you've listened to this episode <laughs> in its entirety, hit us up on social Jesus media with the hashtag, Christ. hashtag Sonic the Hedgelord. <laughs> Get it at GameStop now. Buy that Get stock, baby. Buy some stonks. Get them stonks. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, go to patreon.com slash pastors podcast. You can watch this with three other people. Facebook. You know the best part about being high is when something makes you think of something you thought was funny yeah. three years ago. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> I don't even know. You're watching Magnapi. Oh, man. It sounds like the theme song to, Mag- to Magnum P.I. right now. That's all I can think of. A little bit. Does it? Man, I don't remember yeah. that. I don't remember that thing. Like a show like that. Wait, what was that? Who was in that? Oh, Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck. Balls hanging out the bottom of his shorts. Yeah. His boy. mustache. Did his balls really hang out? <laughs> no, I mean, they might as well. Man. He had a crotch mustache, too. Fun like, fact, was... shorts not long in the 70s. No. And 80s. Man, you remember Dad playing softball? The bike. The bike brand pants. Oh, oh, man, they were short. <laughs> Jesus Christ, they were short. Every... Every fucking coach in any sport I ever had up until high school. It's like the, the coach of those bikes. The coach from Days and Confused. <laughs> they were 100% polyester. Oh, man. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. And just crotch hugging.